Some of you might recognize our guest from Harbor Coffee and Wine, which he owns with his wife, Sarah. Some of you might recognize him from the Faith Center, where he is a pastor. He is just a cool guy. I had a great time talking with him. He's awesome. I'm definitely going to make my way over to Harbor to try some of this third wave coffee. Also, check out the Cinnamon Roll Saturdays because that sounds amazing. We had an awesome conversation. I had a great time. I think you guys will like it. So, without further ado, please give it up for John Salmon. It's been a fun little science project in a way, yeah. I think. Kind of oh, tweaking yeah. everything, getting everything dialed in, oh, how sure. I want it, creating my own little space over here. That it's kind of so addicting. Cool. It is. It really is. And that's that's how I feel about starting our shop. It's been just this little like... Oh, I bet. It, I've learned a lot about intentionality and just you have to be intentional. Like you have that like that project that you're working on and you get to be intentional about it and everything is for a purpose and everything is for a reason and like it's cool when people come into your space and then they're like oh that's cool that's cool that's cool and like and you get to be like well that's not an accident like i really focused i like focused on this to be the way it is yeah especially when you're you're putting in little visual cues that you think are cool like i've got things hung up on the wall that i like and so whenever somebody says oh that's a really cool picture i'm like fuck yeah it is (laughs) right i I picked that yeah heck yeah i'm sure i'm sure you can appreciate that and with a small business it's almost magnified because this is your baby you're putting all your work all your time into this yeah and when somebody comes in and is like you know i i like this i think you've got a sweet spot it just makes it that much nicer yes it, it just feels really good and there are little pieces that different people can identify with like you've got a giants uh like i'm a giants fan so like i can identify with that hook line um, and sinker right exactly. there exactly yeah i don't skate so i don't identify with that but you know the little pieces where you can feel uh connected and stuff is is really cool so how is the coffee business? You're from Harbor Coffee and Wine, yeah, for people coffee. that don't know. Yeah. You and your wife started this. Yeah. What was the thought process there? Um, we, uh, so we lived in Reading uh, for about five years, so both of us could go to college. And we can probably get into maybe our story a little bit later. But, yeah. But uh, we, we grew accustomed to a certain type of coffee that was available to us in Reading. Um, and it's the specialty uh, we call it specialty or third wave coffee. It's just an elevated experience of coffee, and that's why we that's why we are Harbor Coffee and Wine, because it's a, it's actually an easy jump between it's people already understand the approach to wine, because wine you can you're smelling it you are you're savoring it you're tasting it and then you're identifying diff- different notes, and then the things that go into effect. How wine tastes is the the type of grape, where the grape is grown, um, the elevation of the grape, the the surroundings of the grape. Like if there's if there is like a forest fire near the area, that affects the taste of the grapes that were near that area. So like uh, the environment around the grapes really affect, um, and then how they are harvested really affect uh, the grape. So that's easy for people to understand because there's such a culture around understanding wine, and they're like. People approach wine like that, but there's also the people that drink wine just 
to drink wine. Yeah, you buy a twenty dollar box yeah. wine. Yeah. Two buck check, and it's yep. like, they enjoy it. I think I fall um, into that category. Yeah. yeah. So we um, we have that same approach to coffee, and and co- there's um, the specialty in third wave um, culture around coffee is we are um, we're really uh, intentional about how it's roasted. Um, the the region in which it's grown, the 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 environment, like the elevation, like everything, uh, where the everything with that with the coffee is important, just like wine. So, um, and then our approach to coffee is we calculate everything. So if we're making you a shot of coffee, we are we're weighing out um, how much we put into the portafilter, and we're weighing that on a scale. And then we're actually weighing the shot that comes out. Oh, so you guys so have it all. You have it all dialed in. Yeah, and and then we we aim for about thirty two seconds of of the process. So we time it and we weigh everything. So we're getting exactly the the taste and the the we call it a yield. We're getting the exact yield that we intend to get. And then we train all our baristas to to approach it. And the the fun thing about coffee is there's really there's many, many different ways to do it, um, and it's very like, it's very fluid. So, it, you know, if it if you pull a shot for 33 seconds, or um, you could do the you could really do the exact same thing every time and get like it's never never really tastes quite the same though. So it's it kind of it varies, but there's a by weighing and timing, you're getting a consistently good yield. But it also is. There's a little variation. There's in there. variations, and it's it, like like we talked about earlier. Like it's it's just fun. Yeah. To to do that. So. So when you guys are weighing it out like that, is that because that's the weight that you found? Okay, this tastes the best for yeah. me personally. Yeah. Like 40 grams of coffee at uh, 32 seconds. That's what we found, um, and then a few weeks later we'll reevaluate, and if we're tasting it and it's maybe a little on the sour side we're like okay maybe we need to adjust our parameters and we'll communicate that to our baristas and say hey this hey, is we need to change this, this. we need to change this that's pretty so, intense yeah. you're talking to a guy who <laughs> i recently got a french press because i was like oh, okay i'll i'll check it out it was a prime day thing so i was like okay why not and right. i'm just scooping yeah. you know spoonfuls of ground coffee in there I'm, right. it's folgers you yeah. know i'm oh, yeah. super basic yeah but that that ties into what you were talking about, this wino idea of where people are like, oh, this is a 1932 Cabernet right. from, you know, Ireland. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. what? Like, exactly. Oh, it's got hints of hints, yeah. hints of chocolate and, and nutmeg. And you're like, oh, is this not just wine? What are we talking about here? Right. But that's where culture is kind of going, especially with coffee now. More yeah. people are getting into that. This is, this is, I want gourmet. I want that feeling. Right. I want the best coffee I can taste. Exactly. Yeah, that's what we're. That's kind of our our mission and goal is to just bring people along to like good coffee and just like like we, you know, in the specialty third wave world, they they get offended if you put sugar in it or like white mochas are just this big like they hate no, no. That, that people get white mochas or you know. So is it the, just straight black coffee? So it's um, milk and coffee with a little bit of like if you want a sweetener like. A lot of they like the 
we we like to play with like more natural flavorings like um my my favorite drink to make is a honey lavender latte it's just it's not like super sweet but there's it, there's subtle, subtle flavoring um and people love that one or i like using brown sugar in in my in some of my lattes um but yeah we, our our coffee tastes really really good black so i always try to have our customers come in and, and try our black coffee because there is actually flavor to it that it's not just burned it actually it tastes really good so that's kind of our our hope is to like bring eureka along to a better coffee experience um and that's um that's our goal and and but we still offer the white mocha we still offer the things that they're comfortable with that they know. And if they're like, no, like we want, you know, if they come and order a white mocha, we're not going to. So mm, I don't <laughs> think you can be here anymore. We got to kick your ass out. <laughs> exactly. Is the white mocha and drinks like that to kind of just get customers in the door? Say, hey, we've got the basics, but yeah. when you're ready, we're going to, we're going to nudge you this way a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. And our, just the fact that our, our espresso is so intentional and just so dialed, your white mocha is just going to taste all the more better anyways um, but it really we've stand by the fact that it really doesn't need it because it tastes good um so this whole th- oh no continue, even, continue. even our size standards people will come in and order a 16 ounce or a, like 20 ounce we don't carry that we order we carry eight ounce and 12 ounce uh, and the that's where we've you know we're not about you know quantity we're, we're about the quality and you can get just as much you know, if you're into, if you want the caffeine, then you can just get as much, get just as much with a 12 ounce. And it just, it's like you start to lose the flavor and the te- integrity of the coffee if you go any, any higher in, um, in size. So you're trying to preserve that natural taste of the coffee. You don't yeah. want to just bury that in sugar. No. I think milk. a lot of people do yeah. that. I was oh, one yeah. of those people. I get, like, I go to Starbucks and get a caramel frappuccino yeah with whatever on top and it's yeah. like you're not you're not drinking coffee yeah. <laughs> you're just having sugar water right like and like a... i don't want to knock that that's just it's good know, it's addicting but, yeah when people you know to to shout out you know like Jitterbean or places locally like uh you know people will want you to s- say like oh their coffee is not as good as yours or like that i don't want i don't get into that because Jitterbean does what Jitterbean does well and they do really really well at it and like the but we have totally different audiences and totally different like like focuses and approaches to coffee and that's that's totally okay with me um and so where's i going with that what are we talking about we're talking about (laughs) it's not bad if you like that sugary coffee oh yeah i'll have you can have that and it's gonna be okay and it's it's a tasty treat like i'll i'll go to jitterbean i'll go to dutch bros people will see it in my hand and be like don't you own a Coffee, coffee shop, shop? Yeah. and I'm like, but this is I enjoy this too. Like I, and I, you're not making, you know, you're not making a rebel. Like that's not your right. niche. No, no, yeah. So we're we d- we definitely just we enjoy and love coffee, know, coffee, and and like I'll have instant coffee every once in a while and really enjoy it. Like there's a, there's a taste to instant coffee that I just love. I don't yeah. know what it is, but tasty so that's a healthy it. perspective to have right you don't want to be a snob in your in your niche people right. kind of slip into that we're like ah, this yeah. is the only way to do it and i'm i almost feel a little blasphemous over here i'm drinking a <laughs> starbucks can coffee right yeah but <clears throat> it's everything good in moderation you know absolutely yeah do you so when you're talking about this third wave idea is that just this kind of 
elevation of what it means to drink a coffee. Like, we're not just doing the caramel frappuccino. We are doing these, like, honey in our coffee and these hints of things, and we're weighing it out, and we're really trying to perfect what that means. Is that what the third wave means? What is... Yeah, that... Because I've never heard that term. Right. Yeah, it's... uh, That is that third wave. It's the elevated experience of coffee. You're focused on the region. Um, Like, in the shop right now, we have a... We have a bean from Peru. We have a bean from Ethiopia. We have a really, uh, we're on our drip, we're doing a Colombia, and it is so good. Colombia's and, got some of the best coffee, right? Oh, my gosh. I, okay. I, just, um, I just was made aware of Colombia, and it's, it's really tasty. It's got, it's like right in the middle. Like the more progressive coffees get kind of like sweet and kind of like a tea, but um, it's got a, and that can be a little intense once you get those you have the intensity of coffee but you also have the intensity of like these very fruity flavors um and people aren't used to tasting that in their coffee uh but columbia has a really good like middle ground it's familiar enough to enjoy but also is progressive enough to really um kind of be like oh i'm kind of stepping out here uh and it's such a good cup of coffee so that's that's my go-to these days it's colombian yeah so that's the kind of that's the kind of thought. Like we're um, we're not just like it. Our coffee people are like, what kind of crack are you putting in this stuff? Because it is because it's lighter roast and um, it's processed in a way that it's that is very very caffeinated. So you can definitely get jacked up on on that coffee, which is what so, most people are looking for. Yeah. Or I shouldn't say most, but aside from flavor, that's really one of the big go tos for coffee, right? Oh yeah, is the stereotypical. Yeah. I've got a gonna get some caffeine in my system yeah and the, our caffeine is very very pure so it's it is can, there a way to control for that oh uh, yeah brewing coffee and, and that's in the that's a, well not brewing that's in the roasting process okay. and that's something that we want to get into in the future but we use theory collaborative um and their beans and they're out of reading um so kind of in a round roundabout way we're kind of back here to when when my wife sarah and i moved back here we um we were really looking for that third wave specialty coffee shop. Um, while we loved all the other coffee around, we were really looking for the right, that like the the specific type of coffee, the specialty third wave coffee, and we couldn't find it. Um, and so we were we were like, you know, it's we moved back in 2019, uh, and so it's we kind of had that thought um then like maybe maybe we should like start our own let's bring it let's bring it to to eureka or humboldt county let's bring specialty coffee back with us um and how how that happened like, we were we were driving on i think east street and we saw this little like it was like a little boutique like a little it looked like a little hair salon or something and it it looked like it could have been a coffee shop and something in our in our beings just jumped just clicked and we were like we were like, that'd be such a cool coffee shop. And then we were like, maybe we should start our own. And, and then we got like super scared. <laughs> that, like, you know, you, you of all feel the like, things that can yeah, go wrong. Yeah, it's like, exactly. oh, maybe we shouldn't. Exactly. It got really intimidating. Um, but, and we were, were very, very busy people. So uh, at that time, like, we couldn't fathom uh, taking on another thing. Uh, so it was just kind of a dream in the back of our minds. And, um, we just kind of, we put it on the back burner. Um, and then, uh, last, last summer it became reality. We, we had every once in a while 
from you know four or five years ago to when we started uh, the coffee shop, we would have times of, okay, we're going to different areas and kind of looking at spaces and just kind of keeping the dream alive a little bit. And nothing really clicked until we saw our current location. And then, which is a great spot. Yeah, it's That's wonderful. a perfect spot for a little coffee shop. Yeah, and I love, I love the area. I love the like Myrtle Town is such a cool place, and I have, I have a lot of hope for it in the future. And to just kind of be part of what's happening there. You got food trucks. You've got other businesses that are amazing. Um, when I was doing construction on the space uh, and remodels, I would see people like out and about. It's a busy um, little spot yeah. over there. Yeah, and I'm like, this place is actually has potential to be uh, have just a little more activity. So it's really nice to be in that area and, and part of it and just to talk to people that are local um, as well as people that are just, you know, they might not live in that part of town, but they'll swing in and say, hey. So what was the, what flipped the switch and made you guys realize, okay, we do need to do this? Because that first step, that's what trips everyone up. Yeah. It's the hardest one. Yeah. It's just to get over the hump of, man, we should we should do this, but maybe not. I mean, right. maybe it wouldn't work for us. Um, we... There was a, a time, I think it was March of 2021, uh, we had went and visited Sarah's family and we were, uh, we drove back and we had, someone was uh, dog sitting our uh, our dog and, and we went to pick it up and we, on the way from, uh, on the way from Medford, her family was in Medford, so we're driving from Medford, on the way we had little, you know, just little, we would talk a little bit on the drive about um just about kind of future and what what's on our hearts and then we and then we parked uh to pick up our dog and like all of a sudden I'm, like we're kind of we're outside of the house just just talking and like there's just something that like both of us aren't saying and then I finally was like really like if if we if if we don't do this we're gonna look back and really regret it like we really like i felt really really strongly about that and we had probably we were sitting out there probably for like 30 minutes to an hour just talking it out and just really making sure that this was a jump because it's we um i mean even then we didn't know how much work it was going to be we didn't know how much of a sacrifice it would be um but we we had an idea of the what we were getting into and we really had to make sure that this is something worth jumping for. Um, and yeah, that was that was kind of the point. The turning point was was realizing that, yeah, if we don't do this, we're really going to regret it in, in the future. Um, so we just kind of, from there, we started taking steps, slow steps towards it. And it, I think there's, once you make that decision, I think there's always, like there was definitely... Um, times where we could have been like, you know what, maybe we shouldn't do it. But every time we stepped into something, you know, it just kept working out. And now we're here. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. Regret can be a very strong motivator if you let it. Oh, absolutely. Be very strong. Yeah. can be paralyzing as well if you're yeah. not careful. But right. it's always better to figure out what happens than to, than to wonder what if. Exactly. I oh, yeah. I think that's a good I've, way to look at it. I I believe that too, um, and I think there are certain dreams and opportunities that we just have to we just have to trust and and jump and and do it 
and we'll just yeah. see what happens exactly i mean what's yeah. the worst what's the worst that can happen yeah my mom likes and to say you're <laughs> not going to lose your birthday and that's what i always fall back <laughs> exactly i'm not going to lose my birthday nobody's Ex- going to take that away from me exactly and we've learned we've learned so much um i have grown so much personally through this experience like i definitely started a little like insecure in myself a little more of a like a pushover but having to run a business really it grows you up on your feet. It, yeah, it grows you up real quick. So it, you know, I still have tons to learn. Um, like, you know, the anything you get into, like the the specialty coffee world, there's so much to learn. Like I I am scratching the surface. Surface, like I feel like even explaining coffee to you right now, I'm I'm just like, this is what I know so far. Like there are probably people listening that know more coffee about more about coffee than I do right now and they're probably like you're not talking about this but i'm still learning those things you know like i know the process that we have and we've got uh theory of the people that um that we get our beans from right now and some of our baristas um like they are really coming alongside of us and like teaching us stuff patient with us working with us uh, and like building this this coffee shop so it's an ever-growing thing like i you know we have we haven't arrived and who knows if we if we will arrive to like exactly what what maybe other people's standards are, but we're doing what we but we're making sure that we're doing what we're doing now really well and being intentional about that. And that's I think that's what, what matters most. And the important thing is your standards, right? Your standards and your wife's standards for what it is. I think you can get tripped up on trying to build something that other people approve of. Yeah. But at the end of the day, as long as you're hitting your bar, I mean, unless your exactly. bar is like really low right. and you're you're just taking way way yeah. too many baby steps. Right. But if you've got a realistic bar and and you know what your standard is, yeah. I think that's important. That's oh, yeah. the, that's what you should be focusing on. Is is this something I'm proud of? Right. And I'm uh, yeah, and I am, and I'm just excited to see where, where it goes. goes from here. Yeah. And we have we have people, uh, like I said, like. Sarah and I are very, very busy. We've got all sorts of different projects, things that, that we do. Um, and people will ask, like, how do you, how do you like, handle it all? How, how, do, you how do you find track, the time? How do you find the time? And really, it's, it's, about, it's about community. It's about the people that we, we have around us. Like, we have so many just amazing people, and we've, we've built relationships with people and, and entrusted. Like, we've had to entrust our dream with other people. We've had to be um, – it's been a learning experience, especially for me, how to be specific and straightforward with what I want to see done, but also let go and have and let people have the freedom to, to do, like, what they feel. They're, like, utilize their giftings as well. Like, you know, I have a specific – like, for our baker, um, Bailey – I think she's Bailey underscore Kimberling – on Instagram, like you can shout out to Bailey. Shout out to Bailey. She's amazing. She's incredible, and like I'll tell her this is what I want, but and then she'll take it from there. Like we have, we usually like I'll, I'll say I want three pastries, and then she'll make whatever three pastries she wants, and she has them recurring, and she and she and she kills them. Like just they are delicious. Like they, um, they are. Um, like there there's nothing that tastes like it because it's it's her like she is just really good at what she does and if i try to micromanage that 
and say, you can use this, you can't use this, or you can make this, you can't make this, you have to make it this way. You know, this is our standard. Instead of just letting her just set the standard and do it how she does it well, um, while maintaining, like, you know, she she has to follow health code, like that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, she's not shedding into this code. <laughs> that might be a problem. <laughs> right. Uh, but you're setting, you're not setting the standard, but you're setting the expectation, and she is playing around within that realm. Exactly. Right? Exactly. The micromanaging thing is dangerous because nobody likes that. Nobody yeah. likes to feel like somebody's breathing down your shoulder. Exactly. Especially being a baker. I mean, there's a lot of creativity in that. Like, right. Okay, what am I going to make? Am I going to make a scone? Am I going to make a Danish? Where? Yeah. What am I feeling? Right. And if you were like, okay, you're going to make it this exact way. Exactly. That might be a problem. Yeah. I can see Bailey might. <laughs> she might have an issue with that. She might. She might. And the, and then she's training other people to do that same thing. And it's like multiplying. You know, she's uh, baking is man crazy hours it's very like i've seen it i see how high stress it can be and just the getting up early in the morning so that the everything's ready to go by the time we open like that's it's hard so she's you know she's training and getting people ready to 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 do it as well so there's not as much pressure on her so that's that's kind of what we really like to see is okay we're entrusting this person um and that person's entrusting these people and that multiplication of of just creativity and effectiveness and and yeah whatever you want to call it um, was it hard not micromanaging her at the beginning because this is your baby right this right. is your thing and you're like i have this yeah. vision of what i want was it hard to kind of give her a little more leash or um, not her specifically but just with the business in general kind of set the expectation and let everybody run wild with it that's something that's something that i'm good at i i really i am trying to learn how to be a, good at um, developing like leadership development, developing leaders, developing people to really um, go after their dreams and goals. Um, and I get to do it on this little scale of Harbor where they get to, they're employed, but I'm also encouraging them to, to follow their dreams, hopes, and goals. It's really beyond like everyone that works for us right now is probably not going to you know, it's a part-time job, so they're probably not going to be with us forever. Uh, each person that works for us, so they're gonna they're gonna go do their own things. But but I I want to be someone who empowers them to really to learn those skills of how do I how do I be creative in what I do, take advantage of the opportunities that I have within Harbor, but also like like I hope Bailey starts her own bakery one day, and and then we're we're just you know, wholesale, a wholesale account for her. And one of the many, you know, like that's, that's my hope is to help give people a, a strong foundation so that they can do, um, do more. And so that's, that's kind of where my focus was at the very beginning. So it was kind of, it was a lot easier. I think the difficulty for me is definitely maybe on the other side of like, just staying with them making just holding holding them accountable that they're getting like the job done and getting it done the proper way like i could i'm working on developing more of a like a standard and like more accountability like, more accountability okay and that's, so you're on the opposite i'm on the other end, end. Yeah. like i'm just like i trust you go do it uh and then they're outside need, smoking like, a joint and you're like hey, um, <laughs> exactly. maybe we should cook something yeah i in my in my first month i had to fire someone i had to you know i've done a lot of like conflict resolution i've had to really put my big boy big boy pants on and just call the shots 
and so I can do it, and like I've learned how to do it, but it's definitely still it's my least favorite thing to do. Um, and there are probably areas where I can be a little more involved, and you know walk walk alongside people instead of just being like, okay, go. Yeah. And I don't want our employees feeling deserted or anything, so that's what that's kind of what I focus on. I don't think anyone feels that way. It's just a it's more likely than them feeling micromanaged, I think, by me. It's it's very interesting that you kind of went into your business with that perspective. Because a lot of people, they start their business and they, they set it up in a way where they want everyone they bring in to stay there. Like, right. This is your priority. Your priority is helping me build my dream. We're all working on this one thing. Right. And we're focusing. We're working 15 hours. We're focusing on this idea. I don't want you working on your other project because then you're taking away from your time. Yeah. I think especially I'm a little biased because that's like the tech startup world, which is what right. I'm a little more familiar with is yeah. that's what you're doing, especially yeah. like in game development. You're just working on this one idea. You're not out programming your other thing on the side. No, we're working every day on this one thing. Right. And it's interesting exactly. hearing you say, well, I want to help them build their ideas too. I want this to kind of be a pit stop on their journey to where they're going to end up. Right. I think that's a really awesome way to look at it. Yeah. And that's that's the vision of of our shop in general. That's why it's called Harbor. It's a place where people just can can come rest. Um, the The phrase that I use is "step into harbor, step out of the hurry," uh, and you're you're stepping, um, you're uh, at the at the beginning of it. I was um, I was trying to build a shop that was very unique to Humboldt, like was nothing like it. So I would I coined the term "step out of step step into harbor, step out of Humboldt." But it just has that connotation of like Humboldt negativity. And I do love Humboldt. So I I changed it to step out of the hurry because that's really that's the that's the main focus of it is you you're out in the world and it's it's busy, it's messy, especially once twenty twenty two hit, everyone was like, Let's get back to normal and that happened fast. Like it, people were like, let's bring back everything we used to do and more. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, it is it is getting really really fast. Um, and to have a place where people can come in, uh, it, whether they're spending five minutes or literally five hours, like we've had some people stay there for a really long time, like just to come in and experience some sort of rest, so that they can go out and just continue doing what they're doing and uh, that's you know the name harbor you know you you're you're never supposed to stay at the at the pier or at the at the dock you're supposed to get some rest get what you need so that you can go back out and that's um that's kind of our our focus is can i want people to come i want people to rest get what they need and then go back out and i think that that just goes right back down to how we how we interact with and treat our employees is you're you're coming to a place that is really accepting and a place that is really understanding that has a lot of patience a lot of grace and we're also but we're not just letting you stay this we're letting you we're not just letting you like not work or not develop we're also pushing you towards growth and development but it's a safe place to do that. It's a place to try things, make mistakes, and grow, um, and then eventually go on your way. Go on your way, you know. 
and I mean, I we have we have some employees that will probably be with us for a long time, um, and that's I mean that's obviously fine with me. Yeah, having not a, few, a bad add-on. <laughs> right, having a few people that really know their stuff have learned. Um, we have we have an amazing general manager. His name's Justin. He basically he did a t- like we would we would not be where we are now without him. Uh, he was in the shop um putting the lights up painting like getting everything ready for us like we would just come in tell him what we wanted and he would like do it and we would we would uh we would come in and and help but he he was the one that was like he put blood sweat and tears into that place um and uh we're really really thankful for that and like he's he's someone that's still with us and he is um he handles a lot of the culinary directing. He handles a lot of the the ordering and the. Um, he helps us maintain that that mindset of what we're all about, and he really does a he does a good job of loving and caring for our employees, and yeah, just you know, you know when people have when our employees go through breakups and go through deaths in the family and go through, but also the fun stuff, right? The weddings and the you know, we have a lot of that. We like knowing what our employees, what's happening in our employees' lives and, and walking alongside them. And Justin helps us do that. That's and awesome. And we've walked with Justin through all that stuff too. Yeah. So That's an awesome perspective. Yeah. You don't hear that with a lot of businesses. Well, they say like, don't go into business with your friends. That's, that's a, don't go into business with any friends you want to stay friends with. <laughs> right. That's the thing. And that's, you know... And then there, there I was starting a business with my closest friends. And, you know, business is supposed to be bad for your marriage. It's supposed to be bad for your friendships. Um, and, you know. Uh, you made it work. Yeah. yeah for so far. <laughs> you know, it's a, if, uh, if I were unaware of it, um, it would be stupid, you know. But I know that that's a risk. And you have to be really, you have to know your risks and you have to be intentional about um, making sure those risks don't become reality. And that's what I, what I really try to do, not to be complacent to my risks. Um, and that helps me be more efficient. And, but I can't take care of all my risks all at once. That's the hard part for me is there's always just a, a low level of, of risk and danger. It's part of life. You know, it's just part of, yeah, that's for sure. You just got to keep, you just got to keep moving forward. Yeah. But I've, so far, it's been great. You know, I went into this, you know, knowing that that was that was a big risk. I'm looking at it. We're not open yet. I'm just like, these are my closest friends, um, and we have a business. We have a business partner, and he uh, was one of our. He's he's still one of our closest friends. One of my mentors. One of Sarah's mentors. We just we love him dearly, and we had to make the decision if harbor fails we're still friends like the business we lose tons of money like that's okay we still have our birthdays right we had we had to go through we had to be okay with that um you know going bankrupt together (laughs) before we could really step into this too we had to be okay with with everything else failing but but maintaining our um our friendship was that a difficult conversation to have yeah, because now it's not multiple. just you and your wife. It's now we've got our friend, and if this crashes, right. that's 
yeah, it's, it's on our head. Yeah, you know? and it's something that that will bring me anxiety from time to time. And luckily, our business partner is just an amazing person. So they are very understanding, very very patient, um, and they they were they know that they've made that decision as well. So yeah, just having that mutual understanding, um, and even with um, you know everyone else, you know we we have to you know even though we're friends, we have to be okay with firing certain people. And some certain people that work for us, we're closer with than others, but we have to, at the end of the day, we have to be okay with firing them. And we have to be okay with, um, like say, Justin, very, I'm very, very close with Justin. Uh, if we were to fire him, I, we have talked, you know, we'd still be friends. You know, we've had, like, it's really weird. It's re really weird to say, because I never would, but I could. You know, and that's um, that's the thing. But we, I've, I never, um, you know, we will definitely. If you're, if you will work with us, we'll work with you. That's a, just a mutual agreement, you know, and that's worked out for us for for now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You seem pretty big on this idea of being intentional. Is that something that you? stumbled on just in the business or was that kind of in you beforehand i've i've had a lot of intentional people um in my life so and it's something you've kind of picked up on something i've picked up on um and uh i i'm like i i'm not like i'm not book smart i don't read read a lot of books uh, but i am very observant so i i will watch how how different um businesses operate how different people interact with with other people um you know there's there's an idea of mentorship where it's relational like you like i i'm very big into mentorship so from learning from people um like mentorship is so much bigger than an older person investing in a younger person it's older older investing in younger but i've also mentored people older than older than me people have learned People older than, older than me have learned something from me, and I've learned something from younger people. I interact with a lot of high school students and college students, and and even even junior hires. Like, like they they teach me things too, and I think we have this, especially we have this divide of um, generations, and from a very young age, <clears throat> I learned to really respect like what not just respect the person but respect what this person had to offer me and to always have like a a learning mindset and be able to learn from them and as i get older i want to have that same attitude towards the people that are younger than me learning from them learning from their perception um because i i may have i may have been through i may have witnessed or seen things that have happened but we have two totally different um, viewpoints. So, a me at um, you know I'm 27. I exp I see in the news that a mass shooting happens. Sorry, I've brought that pretty intense. Oh no, but, no. But like, <laughs> but like, we can talk about whatever on the podcast. That's cool. Nothing's off limits. Yeah. But like, a, a me as a 27 year old perceives a mass shooting way different than a than a junior hire does, and we have 
two totally different perspectives and even like whatever it is like like um it could be political it could be you know humor I, I was told recently that i have boomer humor like i'm a really funny person but like i i still want to learn what like the younger generation finds funny um but like it's just how we how we perceive like there's we've got the world in front of us but we're perceiving it like totally different and at different ages and different backgrounds and different upbringings um and i always want to be open to to learning from all of that so going back to intentionality that's that's what i've experienced is like the more intentional you are in your relationships um oh that's where i was with the with the mentorship um there's that person to person mentorship and it's way bigger than just um older to younger it's all generations yeah i don't believe in that all people. that line of age and and like male and female too like like there i was raised you know uh, men mentor men women mentor women and no like like gender is a thing too like you you can learn from all of, all of different people yeah i don't like, believe in that line either <laughs> right yeah i've it, had some pretty some of the most impactful people in my life have been women so when people right. go to that and they're like <laughs> yeah they just brush it off i'm like oh you are missing out on so much man yeah or whoever you know oh absolutely yeah and so so people that are closed-minded and 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 won't like listen you know they might be good from from mouth to ear but you really got to let it sink in you know you got to let it go to your mind you got to let it go to your heart and you you have to really like you have to you have to learn how to listen listen to things but you have to listen for things you have to be like okay like they might have said this even especially in conflict you have to listen past the insult someone's throwing at you you have to, you have to, um, you just have to, because it's coming from somewhere. So even in conflict, I'm listening for like, okay, what is really being communicated? And um, like I had to, um, I had to get on one of my employees and I had this conflict, I had a conflict I'll, I'll go into a little more depth. That oh, we're going it's, in. It's a fun story. Let's go into that. Um, Is this the employee that was fired? No, it wasn't the employee that was fired. Um, but I am really bad at keeping track of... I've got so much stuff going on up here that the the little things like keeping track of receipts... Um, is lost on me. I'm horrible at keeping track of like the paperwork side. And that's it's something that I have to work on. And I lost a few employees reimbursement receipts and they weren't upset about the money lost because it wasn't like a lot of money, but they were upset that, that that was not intentionality. They gave me a receipt and what was loving and intentional to them was reimbursing them, keeping track of it. And it might sound really funny, but that was important to this person. So I had to, I, I could have been like, pff, it was a, like, you know, I'm horrible at keeping track of stuff. Yeah. Just kind of um, blown it off. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's your fault. You didn't turn it into me the right way or I could have passed it off, passed it or blown it off. Yeah, for sure. So, um, but in that conflict, I had to, 
I had to listen past the offense and realize like what, um, because what was in front of me was you didn't reimburse me. But what was behind it was you don't care for me because you weren't intentional about returning. Like you, it wasn't loving or caring that you just, you received something from me and you just lost it, you know? And, you know, I was good at returning other people's receipts, but I wasn't, I didn't return theirs, you know, or reimbursing theirs. So I had to, I really had to listen and understand, hey, like, even down to reimbursements, like, I have to be intentional about, like, like, um, I had to be intentional about making sure that even in the small things, that can communicate my care and love for my employees. So that's like um i don't even we're just one on of those learning here, life lessons yeah life lessons that of how to deal with yeah. other people you know? yeah and within mentorship like that's that's huge like you you have to um be working with people and and be looking at more than that so um with with that um as we're ca- talking about intentionality I also take that uh, mentorship can also be impersonal. So I can watch, you can watch a movie and be mentored by the movie. You can, influencers are huge right now. So, so that's an understatement. (laughs) Exactly. So on TikTok, you're being mentored by someone who doesn't even know you. And so that is, um, that is something that I am, I'm always trying to learn from people that, um, that specialize in something or, or just watching how they put intentionality into what they do and taking that kind of mindset and applying it to what I do. So you're big on just learning. Yeah. Not necessarily from a book, but from the world. Yeah. You're just paying attention. Exactly. That's a good way to learn. <laughs> it is a good way to learn. Yeah. Books uh, books have failed me. Like I, I, I can't, you know, they work for other people, but it, it doesn't work for me. Um, and I, I wish, you know, I wish I were better at reading. Um, but I'm, I'm just not, Is it, it, can you sit still? Is that the problem? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've, I was recently diagnosed with ADHD and I think that's, I think, uh, I think that's, there's a, a whole, you know, people are probably rolling their eyes right now about it, but it, it really is. Uh, I, I sat down with people who have had, who had it, like really have it, like, like, diagnosed by a doctor psychologist like they have it and then i sat down with with a few friends of mine who are psychologists and and doctors and like i really was made sure that like yeah like as i talked to them like i've totally have it and then i went and got diagnosed myself and it has allowed so many things to fall into place like i'm like i totally get like the whole reason having adhd has helped that like realizing that that i have it okay so like i i didn't know until like a few months ago that oh so pretty recent pretty recent um and so i've had to confront that and um it's it's been really funny with 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 sarah because she you know we've been married for seven years she's been married to almost two different not two different people. Like I'm the same I was for the whole seven years, but she's relearning how I communicate now because I'm aware of it and I'm, I'm, um, I'm not just letting it be an excuse. I'm actually handling it and putting putting tools around me 
to develop as a person and improve my communication and improve my um, like our our meeting today was in a calendar. I never would have put it in a calendar. You know, I, I'm putting things around myself to help me be more successful. Um, uh, and it, it really stemmed, I, re I read one page of a book. That's all you need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just the back cover. Yeah, You're fine. You exactly. can get the gist. And that one page said, here's what ADHD looks like, and here's how it will ruin your life. And I was like, yep, that tracks, that tracks, that tracks. And I'm being like... Like when I'm reading this, I'm in a place where like things are going okay, but I'm seeing where the dangers are, and I'm seeing where I, like, I can improve. So I'm like, I could, I could be way more efficient if I actually figured figure this thing out. So it was, it was hard. It was hurtful. I, I've had to apologize and regain trust. You know, Sarah, Sarah is, she's getting used to like. I'm making fewer Amazon purchases, you know, impulse is a huge thing. So I'm making less impulsive decisions and she's learning to trust that like, that's how I operate. You're now. not just going to go you know, I'm not on, just a gonna go spree. on a buying spree, you know, um, it's not perfect. Like I, I will make stupid purchases or, um, you know, binge on popcorn or something, but like, you know, like she's learning to like get to know how I communicate now. Um, and communication was, was, was huge. Um, I'm communicating a lot better and she's getting used to like, um, me actually saying what I mean and meaning it. And where before I was like, just had so much anxiety, I wouldn't really say what I meant. And so she'd have to pry and try to figure it out. Try to decipher, <laughs> where, try to decipher. where are you actually going here? Yeah. So I'm really like, it is really, uh, she's really been gracious and like yeah are you taking yeah. any medications for that so i am i'm okay uh, yeah i'm on i'm on adderall um and it's gotta just, feel good huh? it does it really does and it like i don't really feel because because it's adderall is for me it slows I, you down right it, that's yeah. the whole process is if the, we give you some speed you're gonna you're gonna mellow out a little bit exactly and that's it makes sense because when i drink coffee i actually calm down so that that's common with people with ADHD, and I never really like I could drink a cup of coffee at 10 p.m. and sleep. Like it's just I I never really understood it until now, and that's actually common. Uh, so that's that's something that I've that I've realized, and uh, um, so when I probably the first I I started I started taking it, and we. I went on like a week long vacation. Uh, and so I, um, like the first day, the thoughts were going like, so there was usually a noise in my head or it was either noise or like just constant thoughts coming in. And then after taking it, that noise was gone and thoughts were coming in like way slower. So I'm able to like, Things will pop in, so it become a lot less funny, because part of <laughs> my part of my charm. That's a side effect they should have listed on the side of the bottle. Yeah. Don't take if you want to get into comedy because yeah, it's not going to work out. Humor is dis decreased. Well, that's um, interesting. Just because the thoughts aren't aren't coming at you as I fast. Can, yeah, and I can catch it. Like I, I'm I'm less inclined to say something stupid, 
and shit like, that's 90 percent of what i do here <laughs> exactly Just say something stupid. so i'm sorry to d- disappoint you no, but, no you're good uh, but uh yeah so huh, thoughts, that's interesting thoughts coming slower and i'm able to process it process those thoughts quicker because there's less going on um is that that whole concept of slowing slowing down to go faster you know and so things have slowed down so that i can be more efficient and process things actually faster because there's not as much going on so it's been it's been life-changing so i I mentioned that uh vacation so we're on vacation and uh, we had like a five-hour plane ride and usually on a plane ride i hate planes but um so there's like tons of anxiety in there um so that would even increase like just like okay i'm watching a movie trying to you know i'd use use uh um use it as as opportunity i can okay i'm sitting for a while so i can probably read a book no like i would you know listen sorry um i would i would start a podcast listen listen a little bit switch to music watch a movie read a little bit like just all these just jump around just jump around uh for this flight i um i did a crossword or multiple crosswords for like five hours just focused and it was like i've never been able to focus on something for that long for that amount of time so like that yeah just totally night and day difference yeah and it's you know it's it's really i I was really uncomfortable with taking medication. You know, there's a big stigma around it. Um, and it's especially that, that like Adderall has been so abused. Um, and heavily stigmatized. Heavily stigmatized. Heavily stigmatized now. Yeah. So I'm very a very open person. So I'll, I have no problem saying that I take it and, and, and uh, joking around about it, which I probably shouldn't do. But like the just like I'm very like everyone I know knows that I take it. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but it was something going into that I was really afraid of. Um, and so I was, I was trying to, I would, you know, I'd keep a calendar for a couple of days and then just totally lose track of like, just really kind of like, you know, you start a diet and then two days later you're like, okay, I'm done. Just bidging right. in and out. Yeah. yeah I know exactly. the feeling. So, so that's how keeping a calendar felt and and that's what would happen and so one of my friends with with uh with um adhd he he said it's about um he was you know it's made up like 70 30 or 80 20 like just it's um like you said it's it's like 70 percent medication 30 percent tools and planning so the 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 medication slows you down enough to where you can put tools around yourself to be successful. So that's what I'm really focusing on is, is I, I want to use the medication so that I can um, put the things around myself to be more efficient and more successful. It's like giving you a floaty in yeah, a pool. Exactly. Like I can, okay, we're a little tired. We're just going to take this floaty and, and that's going to keep us up. Right. Okay. And then I've, I've gone, I just, uh, um, I just went off it for like five days and just to see what happened, just to see what happened. And I felt, I felt 
so good. Like, like, um, good like, off of it. Yeah. Good off of it. Okay. Like, because, because I had been slowed down for like a month or two, I, I could tell that I had habits already built. So when I went off of it, I, I had things around me that were carrying me, even though I wasn't on the me- medication. So I was used to having a calendar. I was used to uh, the, a way that I communicated. Um, I was used to uh, having less anxiety. Like, like my anxiety has gone down a ton. Like making a phone call or doing this, like I'd be freaked out. Um, but I'm, I'm not anymore. And so that's like, and I'm still processing that. I don't exactly know why that is. Uh, but it. I think I've, it's just allowed me to, like I said, just put things in place so that I can handle life a little, a little easier, a little more organized. And that, I think that's... Is that the usual plan with that? Is to take the medication just for a short period of time and then get these tools in place and then wean off? I don't think so. Most people stay on the medication. Most people stay. And I'm okay. staying on it um, because like... Like I definitely wasn't as efficient and wasn't like it. I, I definitely needed to go back on, but my doctor recommended that I, I do take breaks from it. So that's, that's what I did. And I could definitely tell the difference, but I definitely wasn't as efficient and as like focused as, uh, as I am on it. You just didn't spin off the walls because you had those tools. Yeah. Which was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is so that... I, I don't know if that's common for other people. I haven't heard yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm very new. You're the first person I've met that actually was prescribed Adderall and is taking it. I've met a lot yeah. of people using it for other reasons, but not, <laughs> yeah. not prescription wise. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd be curious to what they say too. Yeah. How it affects them. Most of the time, what I get is that they're cracked out. Yeah. For you know, however long they get done, whatever they need to get done, and then they don't really remember what happened and then they crashed wow i'm like oh all right i guess i mean (laughs) i hear that it makes you incredibly productive yeah it does that yeah and that's it's a danger a lot of college kids on you took that (laughs) right yeah to study and get through college and stay up for a test yeah oh for sure and you know i'm probably taking way less than they would at a time i Um, believe that they're probably not mixing it with alcohol (laughs) yeah i'm very a little different you know, realm. Yeah, I, I'm. I love caffeine. I have to be care, be careful how much caffeine I have with it as well. Because it'll will, mess up that it'll balance. Mess up. I don't know what it does. I probably should know. <laughs> I should, That's interesting. Should I would have thought it'd it would mellow you out even more, like a higher dose of Adderall. Right. It. It. I think so. I. I think it does. Um, but I'd have to research that and and figure that out. Now I can read. So, like it, I watched a. I've been scrolling through tiktok of different influencers on tiktok about adhd um and one of one of the i probably should give them credit i don't remember their um their name but um basically it just was one person a a person who didn't have adhd was reading a paper like an agenda and then the person without without it with or the person with adhd was reading the paper and the paper had sections of it cut out and the um the person was like don't you understand this agenda and like the ADHD person is like looking at it and just can't comp like there are pieces of the paper missing so missing information 
Um, and someone who doesn't have ADHD can just read and process and understand quickly. Because you've got all the pieces. You've got all the pieces. And we're just like... What is happening? What is it? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? People hand me papers sometimes and I, I don't know what to do with this. Um, if they tell me step by step and I can focus on it, it's a lot easier. Like, I'm a phone caller. I can't. I'm. Oh, I can't at, do text. I can't text. I'm, I've got hundreds of unanswered oh, text messages. Oh, 100%. I just and don't I'm, respond. I'm yeah. like, listen, I, I don't have the yeah. bandwidth. We got to figure something else out. And it's really hard because people take it personally. Uh, and I have to, that's another intentionality thing. Like it goes a long way and you have to, I think it's a, maybe a pride thing why we don't, but like it, it really does go a long way. Even though if you left someone on red for like a, a week and a half, it goes a long way just to say, Hey, I saw this and I'm just, I don't hate you. I, I just, I just, I'm really busy right now. Um, and, you know, they they might come back and say, well, it really doesn't feel like you care about me because, you know, because you left me around yeah. for so long. But it does still go a long way. Um, I think before medication, I'd just be terrified and afraid of, um, you know, ar- you know, arguing with someone in your mind. You know, you're already you're already assuming what they're going to say before they say it. So that was often the the reason why I wouldn't reach out and be like, hey, I'm really sorry I missed this text. Like, I I was just really, really busy. And I fear what they're going to say instead of really just giving them a chance to respond and forgive or, or heck, if they have, if they still have a problem with it, let's work it out. So I, I think it's it goes a long way just to, you know, to just say, reach hey. out and say, hey, I'm sorry. My bad. I, I didn't mean it. My bad. I do not do um, that. Yeah, I'm so bad at that. I I've built a persona like people. Oh yeah, I've trained my friends. My yeah. friends all know that yeah. if they get a text from me within a week, it's a great week. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And some people are good with that, and some people do not you know, like it. Yeah, and they're fans. like, you know, you you're flighty or you're irresponsible or you know, and that's that is what it is. But you know, it's really not our intention. Yeah, my yeah. excuse is always. If it's important, I will be there. Like if oh, you absolutely. call me and say, "Hey, I need you," I'm, oh, I'm there. 100%. But if you text me, yeah, oh yeah, good luck. Oh yeah, it might just go unanswered in the yeah. void. And if it and if it's a and if the text exceeds the screen, you're yeah. Then you just check out. Just like, like, There's too much reading. No way, dude. Like yeah. I cannot. I cannot do that. So I, if I see a big text, I'll either um, getting you know I have my master's or I don't have my master's. I've got bachelor's degree and my first year master's done i'm taking a little break uh but um the um uh uh, what was i gonna say being going to school taught me how to when i wasn't good at reading you know i would have loved adderall in college it would have helped me out so much um i didn't even know people you know till recently you know you've you don't know you don't notice how many Priuses are on the road until you buy a Prius and then you see them. Yep. You know, so I'm on Adderall now. I now I'm familiar okay, with all the Adderall. Everybody's on oh, it. Everyone just does it, whether recreationally or, you know, um, for for medication. Um, I mean, we can we don't have to talk about drugs and all that right now. But, um, um, but in 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 college, I learned how to look for the important information. So. Um, I'd never read the books assigned to me, but I learned how to read the book to get the information I needed to write the paper. 
So that was, you know, in a text. That's how I'll, I will approach a, a message. I'll look for the information that's important and then disregard the rest. Or I'll just phone call them and be like, I got your text. Will you please yeah. just... Just give me the highlights. Yeah, I give me the, the highlights. Notes like, for this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Were you worried at all when you got on it that it would change your personality? Kind of tweak it in a way that you didn't want? Well, yeah, because I, humor and my goofiness and my like just kind of my a playful character yeah I, I it turned into because it had gone so long undiagnosed it just became a part of who i was and i was accepted for who i was and i was accepted as the goofy flighty irresponsible somehow gets things done but also you can't really rely on him to turn in his receipts um, you know, I, I, I found a lot of identity and safety in that, like in who I had become because I'm, I was endearing, like I'm, I'm a fun, happy guy and I'm, people don't like disappointing me. People don't like, uh, when I'm bummed or angry or upset. And so it, it became like, I would, I would like, I would get away with a lot more than the average person because of who I was and who I became and who I could be and some of that was like a lot of it was innocent I didn't know I was doing that but I, I realized that I was someone who just I I was I became someone who like would just I was who I was secure and confident in who I was um, and we kind of me and other people learned how to just get by just get by um, and so that was like I I realized like a little bit of it was before and a little bit after like like before I I started realizing like I really started to see after I read that page like uh, <laughs> it's really that funny. one page that one page like that's just crazy. More of this podcast is gonna be just read one page and it's gonna Literally, change your life. Exactly. Like j- honestly, that's a good point. Like just you don't have to do it all at once. Just do a little piece. Just take a baby step. Take a baby step. And that's, like, I bought a whole book on Amazon about ADHD because I was curious, because I had started to see some signs. And then I read one page of it, and then that just set it all into into motion. And so I kind of started seeing, I started seeing those patterns. And then once I was aware of it, I started to see the Priuses on the road. I started to see, um, I started to see the ways that I was letting people down, um, and I, like, my eyes were open to that, and some people started coming to me with with things, and conflicts would always happen, but I started to see like, oh, like this is he, that's why it's happening, like I'm, you know, part part of ADHD is like not staying consistent in friendships like i'm a really friendly guy easy to get along with but going deep in relationships is really difficult for me and that's that's common in in people with adhd so so why is that i don't know like it just these surface level relationships i I think at the same as intentional as i am i think intentionality is is difficult in relationships i think it's a lot like 
Well, and it's easier if, to be flighty, right? If it's not right. that serious. Yeah. Then we could just text a little bit, have fun, go out. Exactly. But it never has to become like commitment level right. where now it's a daily thing I'm yeah. dealing with. Yeah. And that I think that's, I think that's, I think that's probably most evident in like in my marriage. Like, like we um, have had to work really, really hard to stay connected. And I think it's been even harder on my wife because I am so flighty and hard to nail down and hard to like just get a serious conversation and sometimes it would happen sometimes it wouldn't so that was you know um to like like she's been incredibly loving and patient so that that was something that um i think was just really really difficult and something that i'm still learning to do better is all right, she wants to, I think when she wants to go take the dogs on a walk, that's, it's pretty clear to me that she just wants, she wants to talk and she wants to catch up. And it could be, it could be about nothing at all. Like she just wants to talk about just life. Just to hang out, yeah. But it's so terrifying because I know like, like I, I don't know, like it's just really intimidating and scary to me. Um, I, do I love my wife? Yes. Do I love talking to her? Yes. Do I love the intimate connection we have when we do have those deep talks. Yes. But something about it is just, it's almost like that yeah. expectation that we're going to talk. Oh, makes it work. Dude, it's different if you're just playing video games and she yeah. sits down and you oh, start yeah. talking, but yeah. it's the expectation of we're going to do this thing. And now we're going to talk. It's like, yeah. what does yeah. that mean? Yeah. And that's we, we did that last night. That was like a, like she, I sat down on the couch and she asked me to sit closer to her. And that just, drove me crazy because i wanted to sit down where i wanted to sit down we do this with food too i make i make five chicken nuggets i want to eat five chicken nuggets so she takes it <laughs> off my plate there's gonna be elevator tomorrow yeah <laughs> yeah exactly no, so 100%. i sat i oh no keep talking i i sat down where i wanted to sit down and then she had an ex- expectation of me um that yeah, she had a she had an expectation of me, and that intimidated me, and it was literally just sitting a few feet closer to her. But <laughs> it's interesting, though, right? Like, Isn't why that would weird? that intimidate you? Because you you I mean you open you open the the can of worms. The, you open the floodgates. The, you said now that, we're talking. Yeah, then yeah. what if we start talking about something I don't want to talk about? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like she we're we're talking about getting health insurance. And That's that's a big conversation and like we have like not getting health but like changing your plan or something yeah i mean i have adhd i don't know what she was talking about (laughs) like i was just just sitting (laughs) i was trying to eat my chicken nuggets (laughs) exactly so so yeah i um yeah she she's had to put up with a lot but aren't you worried at some level what right your seven years yeah got you to where you are today right and all that was with adhd was there any fear of Hey man, am I not going to be as efficient? Am I not going to be able to do what I've done to get here? Because look at where you are. Yeah, and all that had ADHD along with it. Right. And partly it was because I've had amazing people helping me out. I don't think anybody anybody else has had to like. We all find our roles, like just in life, so, just in life and and relationship. So you know, Sarah, uh, she she does. She does the financial side because finances and my brain don't get along. Math, I can't. You could ask me times tables and I could not tell you. Uh, fifth grade, sixth grade, like my mom was beside herself trying to get me to 
memorize my time times tables. I couldn't. Like, I worked so hard to get those. Couldn't get them. So, like, numbers is tough. Like, I just have these things that are impossibilities for me. Um, and, like, I could... I could take an open book math test and probably still only get a C. Like, that's how bad I am. So, uh, with, open book math test. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, dude. Like, the, the, yeah, testing is hard, nuts. Um, but, anyways, with, uh, with Sarah and the seven years of marriage and being, um, like, I have my strengths and, like, I've, like, like, I've built my strengths and, and, like, um, yeah, the people around me and like Sarah's just been incredibly patient and loving and, and had to deal with so much like just crap because yeah, but I've, and, you know, she would say this, if she were in this chair, she would say the same about me though. I've had to deal with all of her crap. You know, we, it, it all, it all, it looks different, but it's that I was talking to someone today about that, that choice, um, the hardest part in marriage is making that choice to trust and to love. And I've made that choice to trust and to love Sarah. Um, and that a lot of that trust is trusting her to love me back. And so that is, that's the most terrifying part to, to trust someone to love you back and deal with your crap. So that is, that is something that we've learned over our seven years is, is we trust and love each other no matter what. And we've been able to withstand, like, deaths in the family, um, any, fi you know, divorces happen over finances, like, and I've been so, like, I told you about the impulse thing, you know, I was just really, like, super, um, impulse, like, made some stupid, just, um, nothing, like, big, I didn't go buy a boat or anything, like, like, some... You know, rolling do. around a new Ferrari or <laughs> no, anything. Yeah. No, not at all. But but I definitely, but maybe, you know, the, the little things add up. So maybe that's even worse than buying a Ferrari is, is building a, um, a habit of making small, irresponsible purchases. So that, that can probably be just as hurtful. Yeah, over the long scheme, over, right? Over the long scheme. What has so, she said about this? changing you being a witness to it so close oh my gosh so we went on a walk uh probably like shortly after i was on it and but i had kind of started to develop things and so like um develop things being developed tools like develop tools okay. and stuff so she asked me a question about something and I started, I started talking about that thing. And then s another totally like rabbit trail, like tangential topic, like jumped into my mind. And so I, um, I was talking about this thing. Then that thing popped in my mind. And I verbally said, oh, this, I want to talk about this, but I'm not going to talk about this right now. Um, but we'll come back to it. So I finished my thought then revisited that thought and then talked about that. And she was like in tears because she had never seen me be able to do that before. So she was just like, she's been um, incredibly 
like supportive in this process and she is just amazed at the change um i was told usually people that that start medication they either um they either notice it themselves or others notice it and then they don't notice it and i've had a balance of both i've noticed i've been very aware of how i've changed but others have like totally noticed especially oh yeah for sure so she like that side of things like she's just amazed and she um like that has been she's been totally just blessed by seeing that you see someone you love really get get well get better um and then but on the other side she's having to relearn me like i'm like i said earlier like i'm the same person but just i communicate almost totally different now and i'm able to actually just like say what i mean and be more straightforward um like like i like last night within our conversation um i like i i told her like pretty much verbatim i don't want to hang out with you tonight Damn, and that was really to come it, down. That was John's coming down with the hammer. Right, I don't want to hang out with you tonight. Yeah, and like we had a really rough day, and rough day with each other. Just no work wise, um, just work wise. And I didn't want to talk about health insurance. I didn't want to be expected to sit close to her. You just wanted I just, to decompress. I wanted to go to a crabs game, have a beer, and just and maybe invite some of my buddies who aren't going to ask me about my feelings. We're just going to freaking hang out. And watch a game, have a beer, have some food, and just no, um, just nothing serious. I just needed my mind to rest, and and so that that part of ADHD, like the mind restness, hasn't like that won't go away. My brain is still my brain, um, but the being able to communicate what I need is is much much easier because I I probably would have I would have hung out with her or done something or maybe even gone um well so it's funny she ended i ended up hanging out with her that night so um so we like but we had this discussion to where like i was on my phone and i looked up the craft schedule and she was like oh are we going to like i interpreted i don't know what i heard her say and it she might have this sounds I like th- you guys got into an argument <laughs> over oh, this idea. Yeah. If you want a successful marriage, you have to learn how to fight. You can't avoid a fight. You have to learn how to fight. Wise words. So that is that is like huge for us. So we... Um, so you looked up this crab game. Well, I looked She's up the crab game. She's asking if you're both going. Right? Yeah. See, you're seeing the ADHD emotion. <laughs> I get it, man. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, she... Gosh. Um, I look up the game. She sees it. She says, "She, can, I perceive what she said to me as we're going to a crabs game tonight. And that shut me down. And that's how ADHD or before medication, that's, that's like how it would work. I would just get shut down and just be like, either just I, my decision in that moment was, okay, I just won't go to the game. And I'll just figure out something to do here because you didn't want to go with her yeah i didn't want to i didn't want to go with her 
and I didn't want to, um, I just didn't want to deal with it. I wanted to avoid it and just be like, okay, we'll do whatever you want to do, whatever. I'm going to put what I want aside and just bunker down and probably have just a crappy attitude the whole night. Um, Cause you were looking at that crabs game for you and your buddies. You already I, had this plan. I was looking at it for me. Like I wanted to go and that's what I wanted. And then I, and then everything else was, was around it. So I was like, okay, I could ask this person, this person to go. And that doesn't feel like it would be work or hard because they're just chill dudes and just going to hang out. Just going to hang out. And then, and then, so, and then there's a whole nother dynamic about, um, like in our, in our past, um, if I ever did it, like a lot of times, if we don't, if we aren't intentional about our expectations about when we hang out with, with people or we go do something, then it kind of leaves it open to like, like I'll, I will focus on my friends and not really focus on Sarah because you get used to who you're married to. You're with them all the time. You know, you're focusing comfortable. on you're comfortable. So my intentionality is on them and not her. And that can piss her yeah, off. Yeah, I was going to say she probably doesn't take so, kindly to that. So, but there are times where I've like abused that where we're at, we're at a baseball game. Baseball is like very important in our uh, on our honeymoon we went and watched the giants game like we're big baseball fans so so we you know on our honeymoon i'm we're watching a game and i'm talking to some dude that's a few chairs you know or a row behind us or something and we're talking baseball and when we're nerding out and sarah's sitting there like hey we're on our honeymoon you're talking to some random guy yeah yeah so uh, and I'll be like, what? Like, this is... Yeah, what's the problem? What's We're the just problem? talking baseball. This is what baseball is, you know? You, you just... you. It's a boring game, and you you talk, and, and then the crack of the bat happens. You look at what's going on, and then and then you watch its foul ball. You go back to your conversation, and then you they hit a home run. You stand up, you clap, you cheer, you get excited, and then, and then more boringness happens. And, yeah. You know, you can't... I will never argue that baseball is not boring, but baseball is very very fun and it's very like relaxing because you don't have to you're not engaged in like action is not shoved down your throat 24 7 there are rest points yeah you know you know you have you have football that's just you know non-stop like yeah baseball is definitely a little more leisurely right or it can be at times yeah right and it's it, not action 24 you 7 know, yeah and you're you know you set aside like good time for baseball you know you just you you set aside three or four hours you know it's in a, a commitment yeah so and so you know. she had this expectation of or not expectation but there had already been this precedent of you kind of being more intentional with other people around you guys yeah so and that was kind of in my mind like i'm like okay like she's inviting herself to this to the game so i'm gonna have to pay attention to her and, and so you're like just screw it. You know, i'm just yeah. gonna stay home i right. didn't want any pressure that yeah. was the whole point of going to the game right yeah, no, exactly. I'm, I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna eat it. But, but then I was able to say, like, usually that's I would have just stayed there, you know. But, you know, I was able to make that decision of just saying, like, okay, uh, like, I, like, I didn't invite you to the game, and then we kind of talked around that, and like, and then. 
like this is why and we went back to like those times you know i was that apparently i was holding on to you know that that the, and there were times where she was you know we hung out at the game and we talked to other people like it's not it's not it wasn't every time but i held on to those times right and i just in this you know last night i didn't want the i didn't want that pressure so um i explained that and then we kind of got we got through that she understood um and and then i had to say after talking it through i'm actually i'm down for you to go to the game so once we got through that she actually ended up going to the game with us and my my buddy came over picked or he parked his car at our house and then we went to the game we had a great time it was awesome was that just because she then cleared up that expectation hey we can just go and relax yeah it doesn't have to be any big thing yeah it just cleared up cleared it up and you would not have been able to do that prior to it would have been much more difficult like and i'm not saying that medication or anything has um like it has allowed me to you know it's hard to explain like it's not making me more honest but it's giving me the the ability to do so and just like to really process how i feel because and then yeah process how i feel and then i'm able to just say it and and say how it is um i mean there's it could be a a ton of different things but it's just helped me um be able to work on myself and focus on things and and build um yeah those those things around me that where i can be more honest and i can be um just more specific and have less anxiety about what i say and i don't i definitely don't argue as much with people in my head either I give them a chance to like actually, like, respond. actually respond. And I liked my response and I enjoyed going to the game with my wife and you know we shared shared nachos and I talked with my buddy and then I talked to her or we'd talk together like it was just it was a good time. Just easy. Yeah. Just really easy. And that's what I needed at the time, you know. So, yeah, that it's yeah. Just a silly example, I guess. But. No, silly example, but a good one, right? Right. Because that's, it's those small things kind of like how spending money in small amounts, it adds up. Right. Tweaking little things like that in those moments adds up, I think. Exactly. And helps. I mean, especially your relationship overall, I would imagine. Right. That's interesting, man. It's it, the idea. The allure of medication fixing all your problems worries me, but then right. there's the benefits of man. Sometimes medication actually does help oh, you. Oh, for you know? sure. It's not. Yeah. A, it's not black and white. Of oh, it's all this. It's all bad. Right. Or it's all good. You know. Yeah. I think the big one is SSRIs, right? And depression and all these right. things. And you yeah, hear yeah. about them changing people's mood and making them right land or gray or just not right. themselves and that freaks everybody out because nobody yeah. wants to be that person right. but then you hear stories like this and it's like oh shit maybe the <laughs> yeah. medication might actually help your life a little bit exactly yeah it's just a hard it's a hard balance and you don't really know until you, you open up the door and find out right yeah and yeah i've so far i've i've really loved what been good. it's been really good and it's a you know I don't, my faith is not in the medication. My trust isn't in the medication. You know, my trust is in the relationships that I've built and the ways that I've, um, that I've grown and, you know, the, the experiences that I have, um, 
And yeah, the, you know, that's where it lies. All the substances, you know, that, you know, they're just, even coffee, you know, I've be able, you know, I've gone time without drinking coffee um, while I'm making coffee for people, you know, but, but I don't, sometimes I just go off of it because I can, and I, I don't, I'm not dependent on it to function. A lot of so, people are dependent on coffee yeah. for just caffeine. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about drugs, caffeine's right, right. there. Yeah. How many people, how many people are actually addicted to that? Oh my gosh. It's a lot. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And it's a very accepted drug, but yeah. Do you do anything outside of coffee? Are you a psychedelic guy or anything like that? No, Nothing. definitely not. No, Clean I'm pretty, whistle. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty straight edge. Huh? So, I'll, um, smoked weed once. Not Did, for you. Didn't enjoy it. Like it was, um, there was a lot of, uh, like peer pressure that went into it. And I don't think that, I don't think I enjoyed that very much. And just the taste and the, the smell and the, the feeling wasn't for me. Um, I could definitely understand why it's appealing to, to, to other people, but, um, yeah, it just wasn't my thing. Um, I mean, I, I'll, I own a wine, you know, you know, the other part of, of the coffee shop is wine. So are you a big wine um, guy? Not really. Um, I'll find like one type of wine that I really enjoy. So I'll sip on that for a while. Um, but like, I do really enjoy it, but it's not like, I don't nerd out about it. Like I do coffee. Like coffee, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'll drink wine, cider, a beer here and there. Um, so are the but, wines you're selling at Harbor, are those just wines that you've tried, you and your wife, and you guys like them? And you're like, okay, we can put this out on display. So that's where my business car, my business partner comes in. He's he's the he's more of the wine side. I'm uh, me and Sarah are more of the coffee side, and we cross we we cross crossover. Like I'm trying to learn more of the the wine, and he's learning more of the coffee. Uh, and that's a so, cool relationship. Yeah, it's so great. Then that's how I mean that's why we're in business together. We have such good give and take um, in our relationship. So yeah, we we will. Um, that's what we'll you know we'll kind of learn but we're and that trust you know we trust him to to um especially like the wine's really expensive up front and then you sell it and then you're like okay we're we're good but like wine can be really expensive um because you have to buy certain amounts of it um if i need to i mean if i need two bags of beans to find two five pound bags of beans i can buy two five pound bags of beans um but he has to buy like like a, a case. case of wine yeah you know, yeah so that's uh that is a lot of trust he's like i'm gonna buy this and this will sell um and so that you know we trust him to do that and then um trust him like he goes he'll go and go to different vineyards um and i hope to go one of these days i mean we're him. in california yeah you drive oh gosh, south you've got the best you know oh, yeah. some of the best wine in the world oh yeah and heck even i love um big shout out to trinity river vineyards like those their wines are spectacular they're oh, we'll have their, to try that. their pinot is just really good yeah it's money it's so yeah so good. that's that's the one lately that i've been it's my standby that if people ask what they what they should try i'll I'll tell them that, and that's, and then if I want a glass of wine, I'll I'll drink that. That's is that your go-to as a Pinot? Yeah, uh, yeah, it used to be a Merlot. But, okay. Um, 
but uh, since we started the shop, that the Pinot is, is is where I go usually. So that's been, yeah, it's that's that's good. And we we're trying to focus. I mean, it's pretty easy to be with wine. It's pretty easy to be like relatively local, uh, you know, in you know Napa area, um, and then Southern Oregon. We're trying to focus on those places, but we're also trying to find some exclusive stuff. Uh, like my business partner, he went down, um, and I believe it was, I believe it's Brashley Vineyards and they, um, they were just kind of, they were, they weren't doing, um, they, they weren't like producing a lot, but we, he, he went oh, down like there a and, small batch. Yeah, like kind of, yeah, and so he went down there and tasted it, and then like we were able to to get them, and and we've been carrying their stuff. They they came and did um, a wine tasting at our shop, and that's cool. Um, something we're trying to do is more and more events, more and more community things, uh, and so that's been really cool to have different winemakers come and ex- just have them talk about their wine, and so that was kind of something born of of just going down and and getting to know some of these winemakers that aren't maybe as well known as some of the others what is you guys' price point for wine even like the mid mid-range kind of wines um yeah that's part of it like we're we're trying to offer kind of the whole spectrum so if you want a really fancy nice you know bottle or or glass we're gonna we have some of those options and then we've got those mid-range options and then some of the you know our house our house wine is like really affordable and uh we have a couple more options that are good quality but they're not that you know top shelf yeah 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 it can get expensive wine can get expensive oh it sure can it's crazy do you guys do a pretty good balance of wine to coffee yeah so it's it's pretty probably good. more coffee yeah more coffee yeah. i think coffee's a little easier it's not as um even though we do it, maybe we prepare it in a, in a more niche way. They, um, you know, people, it's not as niche as, as wine is. We do carry beers as well. We, okay. We have like two beers and we, we offer Humboldt Cider Company as well. So we have some options for our non-wine drinkers. And yeah, the, the, our evenings are a lot more like laid back, chill. Um, and we're trying to build more and more of our evening crowd. Uh, we do paninis and salads. Uh, we got a killer Caesar salad right now. Like, there's, you know, the same trust we give, um, the same trust we give Bailey. We try to give uh, Justin and and one of our one of our main um, like chefs or cooks. His name's Logan. Young guy, just really passionate about food. So he and um, so he has, you know, we he kind of constructed this chicken caesar salad that's you know oh, it's yeah. a caesar salad but you know hey, caesar he, salads can be i yeah. lived in college i lived on a caesar salad on this like flat bread right. and that was my staple most yeah. days and they're good oh, yeah. it's really Probably good a little chicken thrown in there oh, yeah. Oh. yeah so yeah he he roasts his own croutons and stuff and oh he's serious okay i think yeah. where i so, got like, him it was just like store-bought <laughs> croutons i don't right. think they were that fancy yeah so so he does you know he's doing his thing yeah so everything uh, we do is pretty stand. You know, panini's a panini. Some people have a hard time grasping that a panini means a hot sandwich. People have come in. People and struggle like, with that concept. Yeah, they're like your your panini, your sandwiches. 
you know, I didn't know this was going to be hot. And we're, we're, our employees are like, yeah. It's that's a panini. panini. That's kind <laughs> it's of, not a sandwich. You know, yeah. So they're like, can we have this cold? And we'll, I mean, we'll do it for them. But it's just. Oh, yeah, that's so, funny. But like, you know, you'd expect the panini to be a panini. But, you know, you have a world of possibilities, what, how you construct it and build it. And um, so we've got a pretty good menu. We're trying to get creative with our specials. Um, we've got a, um, we do avocado toast. I saw um, pictures of like that, man. It looks good. I'm a sucker money. for avocados. Oh, so good. Yeah. I'm going to have to try so, that one. So, yeah, yeah, we've got avocado toast. We got this, uh, and we use Brio bread. It just says, it's just so good. So, we, um, and then, yeah, we have, it's Brio bread, uh, and then goat cheese, uh, apricots, and blackberries. And it's just so good. Like, that's Jeez. our special right now. It's, it's delicious. So... I'm gonna yeah. grab. Do you want a beer? I'm gonna grab a beer really yeah, fast. Yeah, sure. That's a little warm. Yeah, I would love a water too. My water. Yeah. Uh, Sweet. Have we got a uh, beer or sake? Ah, uh, beer is great. Perfect. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's been warm lately. That's the work in progress. I got because you can't have like a super loud fan in here. Yeah. Because then you're getting poor audio quality. Right. That's a good point. Okay, but walk me through this. How did you and your wife get into coffee? Because that doesn't seem like something people just stumble into. Yeah. At least outside of your canned coffee drinks in your Starbucks, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We... How did the third wave start? uh really from um yeah we you know we were going to college working at uh we worked at a at a like a little drive like a drive through coffee shop that was our first experience with coffee but it really wasn't it wasn't third wave it wasn't like specialty it was just pretty stop and go yeah, basic run of the mill yeah yeah so so we i mean we definitely have a an appreciation for drive-through coffee like that's it's a totally different beast it's a seems yeah, intense much respect yeah so it's re it's really nice to have a <clears throat> a spot where it's a little more chill uh but yeah it's that's was our first experience and then um and then we just in reading there are so many like there are two or three different uh coffee shops that were specialty and we just grew to love. We kind of developed a taste for it, and then when we when we came back and we weren't getting that taste, we were like, "We need this. We need this." Uh, and then we would we would um, prepare coffee ourselves, uh, you know, at home. And we would we didn't. I still don't have an espresso machine at home, um, but I would do the do pour over. Um, I don't know what pour over is. What is that? It's a. It's a really. It's. It takes about. It's a three minute pour, uh, and then so you've seen the maybe a glass or ceramic or a oh metal, with the metal design filter. through it. Oh no, no. That's something a, different. Yeah, this is just black coffee. Oh, okay. So, so it's like a little cone filter, and then you know you could put your cup underneath it, or you could put. Like, it's usually like a a ceramic or a glass jar that collects your coffee. So you pour you pour it over and use a gooseneck kettle because it's easier to to 
like if like if it's a normal kettle just has that circ the hole and you pour it and you can't really control how much water distribution you're getting mm-hmm. it just all kind of comes out at a in a flow um but gooseneck allows the water to flow a little more calculated so uh you pour you pour it over and you pour in a circular motion and then the you your first pour is about uh, 60 to 70 grams of water. Yes, I weigh it out. So <laughs> I weigh out my... Even at out. home, you're terrible. Even at home, it. yeah. Uh, you know, and for years, like I'm I'm calculating my coffee for years. So that's that kind of love and intentionality with my coffee has, has always been there. So, you know, pour over. We, the first pour is the bloom. So it releases a, a lot of the acidity out of the, the grounds and just kind of, it just gets the coffee ready for the rest of the pour for a nice balanced um, tasting cup. And something I learned, actually, I was pouring consistently just bad cups, and one of our baristas helped me realize that um, my second pour actually has to be faster. You When you're, like, pouring and you're in a slow method, like, it can you can get your mindset as, okay, it's okay that it's slow, but actually I, I had to speed up my pouring and it, it really improved. Like that little change improved my taste of coffee. So the, the second pour is about to 200 grams of, of, of water altogether. And then the f- you kind of let it go down, but you want you want a similar amount of like gravity going through. And then uh, the third pour is all the way to 350 grams. And that gives you about 12 ounces of, of coffee. And so are you then, throwing away the first two pours or just the first one? No, no the, pours are, the pours are going into your container. Oh. Yeah. So I think I've seen a method similar to this, but only in tea. And they pour over the tea. But then I've, yeah. I think they always throw out the first mm. batch of tea because it's not as strong. So you pour it over once, throw out the first cup, and then you keep pouring. And that's what you're oh, going to wow. drink. Yeah, might no. be something totally different, but that's yeah. that's what's coming to mind when I'm hearing this. No, yeah, yeah, we we keep. So you're keeping all yeah, of it in we, the mean, container. Yeah, any, yeah, if we pour it over the the grounds, we do we pre wet the filter, like we we pour and wet the filter before we put our coffee grounds in, and we throw that water out, obviously. So but, how did you get to that stage? It was just working in the coffee shop and getting tired of that coffee so you started branching out a little bit or kind of yeah yeah it just was uh we we would um yeah, and we you were and your wife were married at this point and you guys are just yeah i think so yeah okay, wow. yeah i think so yeah and so you kind of cultivated yeah. this coffee this love of coffee together yeah yeah that's interesting yeah. and i mean her her standard drinks she's she's more um i mean if she drinks black coffee she'll put some like coconut creamer or almond milk or oat milk in it um but um i love black coffee like even like i've got you know i've got my own coffee shop and i'm still i go into my coffee shop and i get a cup of drip coffee the columbia is tasty i like it nine times out of ten that's what i get when if i want a little treat i get a cortado um which is equal parts espresso to milk and that's that's it and that's a um if I go to any other coffee shop that's specialty, that's what I'll get. I'll get a either a pour over or a drip and then a cortado. It's just hits a spot. Hits a spot. So that's what I'm happy with. So when we'd go out of town, the you know, we we would get those at, you know, different specialty coffee shops and you know, just really again, just learning 
like we went to one coffee shop and and uh, like there was a barista that did something that I wasn't used to seeing and I asked why he did that and he was he got so excited like if some coffee shops don't like you to talk to baristas because it really is a focused like you gotta be locked you gotta in. be locked like we want you know we really want our baristas to focus and be able to make a good cup but I I think like I love it when people are invested in the process our our um it wasn't on purpose it's kind of just what we um this is what we could do with the space was our um a lot of times the back of the the espresso machine is facing the customer but we had to put our espresso mach machine against the back wall so it's all open so people can see exactly what we're doing so it can be intimidating when you're like when you see someone you're like oh i know you know a lot about coffee and they're watching like they're literally watching you this prepare. process so unfold. It, can, it can get tough but but it's cool that we have it like like i will always love the restaurants where the guy's making the pizza you know right spreading the you. dough right right in front of you so i i really like that aspect of their people are watching and I can look, I'll look over when I'm making a drink and, and they're locked in in the process. So that's, that's always fun to me too, that um, they're kind of sharing the experience and, and yeah, ask questions, get to know like why we do what we do. Um, and that's, I really enjoy that. So that's kind of how we would, you know, I'd watch and, and ask questions and learn um, and then just apply it to my own coffee approach it's weird how things just organically form like that right you mm -hmm. just get a job at a coffee shop start making coffee and then here we are seven years later and oh or however many this was probably right. what three four years ago yeah 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 about three or four years ago. and now you're making coffee now we're making coffee at your own coffee shop it's, how crazy is that yeah it's so crazy it's a, it's insane and what is your you are working on your master's or are you taking a year off right now yeah, I'm taking. I hit pause once we decided to go through with uh, with the coffee shop. What is your master's so, in? Strategic leadership. Okay. Yeah. So. I don't think yeah. I've heard of that before. Uh, yeah, it's actually one that is. It's at least when I start. I, I like started it in like 2019, then took a break, and then I re-entered, finished that year, and then now I'm taking another break. That's I, I've experienced that. That's. A lot of people with their masters, like they knock out their bachelors, but their their masters usually take a little There's more time. A little while. But when I was taking, when I had started it, it was kind of it was becoming more and more popular. I don't know where it is now, but like you, people, like tons of. Um, I was talking to someone that worked for the hospital, and and they were like, and it, they were more on the admin side, and they were like, yeah, I'd I'd hire someone with strategic leadership over a lot of different degrees because you're learning how to you're learning how to lead people and deal with people and work with people and I think that's really valuable right now. So it's like a managership management yeah, kind, yeah, of kind of position of that you would work into. Yeah. So that's interesting. What made you want to do that? Uh, again, just to become a better leader. Leader. It's interesting. Yeah. What was your bachelor's in? Uh, Bible and theology. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's so weird <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that near you <laughs> yeah, are making coffee. Yeah. Bible yeah. and leadership. Yeah. Or Bible and theology. Theology. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm and then crossing the two. leadership is, is the Bible the and theology with a yeah. are we talking about the Christian Bible? Yeah, the Obviously. Christian Bible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you super religious? 
Uh, That's a loaded question, I, right? If you yeah, ask, are it, you super? What does that mean? Am it, I gonna? <laughs> it depends how you perceive me, I guess. <laughs> I'm pro-life. I don't believe. Right. I believe in all the commandments. Uh, yeah, I'm not a Republican. Okay. I think those two get really mixed That's, up. Yeah. So. Um, those two kind of go hand in hand. Oh, absolutely. Or at least are perceived that way, right? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. You know that. You know the they have definitely intermingled and gotten really confused. Uh, but you know. There are a lot of Christians that aren't Republican. There are a lot of Republicans that aren't Christians. So that's just that's where that's what I believe. So, uh, but I know I understand that some people can't separate the two because there's been a lot of hurt and damage done. Uh, but I just try to live, you know, live to my convic- convictions and beliefs, you know, and and then let that show for itself. Um, and then, yeah. So are you a Christian? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, yeah, that's how I identify. It's, it's easy for people to, um, like, that's the most simple, like, a relationship with Jesus. Like, I follow God, like that. What's the, uns- but, what's the complicated uh, aspect of that? Because Christian, Christianity is so connected to so many different assumptions, so when you say oh, so that's kind of where your hesitation comes yeah, from. Yeah, that's, that's where the, my hesitation. You hear Christian, and it's like, right. okay, let's start connecting dots here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, and yeah, you know, it's um, yeah. I mean, I am. I'm actually. I am a pastor. And wow. So this pod just keeps just, getting yeah, deeper. I know. So, well, we started off with coffee. We should have started off with your. Right, wow. Yeah. So I, and a, I don't. A pastor making right. coffee. So are you getting yeah. out like sermons? Hey, yeah. here's, here's your coffee. John 315. Yeah. No, that's definitely not. Wow. No, no, I'm just, I just, um, you know, I, I, um, yeah, my my faith has changed my life. You know, like even we talk about, you know, medications and and like everything we just talked about is is me, and my faith does have a big part to play in that, um, and that has what I've found is has helped me, and that's important to me. But it doesn't have to be important to. Um, I don't expect it to be important to anyone else um but if you're interested in in my faith and how it has like you know like some people would come to me and say like how has you know Adderall affected you you know like I've you know equally I've here's you know here's how my faith has affected me here's you're open with it yeah I'm very very open but I'm not pushy. Like we just had, I don't know how long we've, we've been, been talking. We've been talking for a while. <laughs> yeah. Never came on. You just dropped a bombshell. Right. And I'm not hiding it. I'm not yeah. ash- I'm not ashamed of it, but it doesn't. You're not cramming it down people's right. throats. And I'm aware, like when we say I'm a Christian, I'm then all of a sudden assumptions come. And like, so I'm, I'm aware that that happens. So like, it's not like I don't have to come on your podcast and just start preaching, you know? I, yeah. But it's, um, it is, uh, the um, the lessons, the things um, that I've learned and been taught and grown, yeah, really do have a lot to do with with my faith. So, when you think of Christianity, what does that mean for you? Also, that's a good question. Um, I mean, um, yeah, 
<laughs> I'm trying not to get too like preachy. So oh, we don't have we, we don't have to go there if you don't. <laughs> no, I, no, no, I don't. I just don't want to. Oh, you can. You know, pre- I, yeah. I actually had a. Is it a preacher when it's the Catholic, when it's the Christian church or pastor? Uh, there, the there's, there's all sorts of different. You know, some go by reverend, preacher, pastor. I had a pastor on, um, a, a while ago. Martin Tunsey, great guy. Yeah. Um, and we talked all about it because I'm oh, cool. I'm interested in it. I right. was born, and raised Catholic. In oh, the church, cool. went to Sunday yeah. school, went to church every Sunday. Absolutely, first communion, confirmation, the whole shebang, and then later in life, when I was living in Sacramento with my sister, I went to a Christian church yeah. for a couple times, and it was just fascinating seeing that right. that switch that gets turned just from even that small separation because Catholics oh, and yeah. Christians are kind of siblings, you could right. say, yeah, right? Exactly. And then seeing how they handled a sermon, and then seeing how the Catholic Church did it, it right. Was just, crazy seeing the difference it's so different but it's so it's so like i have a i have a ton of respect like i'm i'm more um you know definitely you know i don't i don't listen to a lot of like hymns or or stuff but going into a church that does hymns and they worship in like a they worship the same god that i do but they do it in a totally different way it's like so cool totally different way. like i i love it like it's a it's um, you know, it's, you know, it can be tough when people that are used to a church operating, then they come to your church and they're like, you should operate this way and have to be like, well, that's not really our, that's not the way that we worship, you know, the, you know, we do more contemporary songs than, than hymns. And so like that, um, but I'll, we'll throw a hymn. Every- do you do, do you work at a church too? Do yeah. you do service? Yeah. Wow. This yeah. really does keep going. <laughs> yeah. The, really? What church? Yeah. Uh, Faith Center. Yeah. Oh no shit. So yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, youth. I do youth, young adults, and I help with worship. Wow. So this whole so. theme of leadership is is huge for you because yeah. you're you're trying to you know help people on right. that journey, literally, yeah. in their faith. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, and that that that, that idea of um, what does Christianity mean to you? Yeah. It it is more than just a set of um, you know, even this can get pretty cliche, but it's more than just a, you know, a, you know, a book of, of morals or, a, or a historical book, uh, you know, referring to the Bible. Uh, it's more than just a, a tradition to me. It's a, it's really a relationship. Like I do feel like I, you know, my spirit like connects with Jesus. Like we, we pray and, and like I, um, have a personal relationship with Jesus. It's more than just, um, you know, out of obligation or fear of going to hell or, um, you know, or whatever it may be. Like, it's something that that has been proved over and over to me um, through my relationship with him and through just, like, you know, um, just... Just yeah, through like, yeah, personal personal relationship through, you know, reading the Bible and prayer and worship and all that. Like, I've just experienced Jesus on a level that I can't deny it, you know. So, um, and then if I want to live according to, you know, when you are impacted, if um, when you're impacted by someone. And like I've been impacted by Jesus, I want to be more like him. And I want to 
I want to live in a way that's that's pleasing to God, but also uh, in a way that is that is following in His footsteps. So I um, when I read Scripture, you know, and I see how um, you know Jesus lived, I want I want to emulate that. You know, the leadership that Jesus um, um, emulated, I want to emulate that. Um, like when his in his life, like when when he was doing ministry on earth, he had his disciples um, baptizing people. Like Jesus was equipping them to do ministry. Um, so that's kind of that's how I approach. Like you can see that in how I run the coffee shop. You know, I equip people could to to do work, to to follow their dreams. You've got to your disciples. Yeah, you know? and that's it's you know it's another hesitation is. And, you know, I, I try to be diligent in keeping those two things, the church and my business, separate in a way where, like, there's no ownership. You know, the the only connection that that Faith Center has um, with our coffee shop is, um, is me and Sarah. We work there, but we own this you coffee shop. You try to maintain the boundaries. Yeah, so I, I try to make... I try to keep a very clear um, separation of what we do. And eat at the coffee shop, I'm not. I'm taking the approach of, 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 you know, being a business owner, and just yeah, my faith, my faith affects my approach to people. But I'm not pushing them either way. I'm not. I'm not. And that's. It's honestly a a breath of fresh air, because. I don't. I can. I don't have. To, I don't hire someone based on their morals, or what they believe, or their religion. I hire based on can they do the job, and they're going to do it well, and are they going to learn, and the expectations that I have. So it allows me just to. Um, it allows me to be around people and grow from people who are different than me, but I can employ them without worrying about, you know, morals and. And all that, and that's uh, to me, um, like at a church. And I'm not saying it's wrong. Like you want, if someone volunteers at a church, you want to make sure that they're, you know, in step and in line with what you believe. Um, but it can be difficult um, if you want to reach people. Um, sometimes when people come to our church, we expect them to already, I guess, have the moral mindset and the the we for some reason expect them and I'm talking about the church in general I mm -hmm. think Faith Center does really well at ex accepting a lot of people but I think there's just it's still a church and people expect a church to um, for the people that go to church for some reason to have it all together and have everything figured out and look like they do and look like you know get kind of cultish in a sense of like you, know, you have to look and act and, and or at least pretend you know that that's you, a real danger. Yeah, it's a and huge that's danger. A, that's a danger that a lot of groups, not just churches, fall into. Right. That sense of conformity and that you have to be, you know, lock and toe of where we're going and our ideals. Like, exactly. there's no room for you to have your own beliefs outside of it. Like, we're lockstep. This right. is how we feel. Exactly. And we feel this way as a group. Right. right. And people try to people try to do it to, to me. Like, when I mentioned I had Dutch Bros in my hand, like... 
Like they you want know, you to be about they your want coffee, your coffee, and nothing anti else. Anti every other coffee right. and start shitting on all the other coffee <laughs> shops. Exactly. So, um, I heard a really. I listened to this podcast, and it's Christ, like Christian. It's a Christian podcast. It's actually the the creator of VeggieTales. I don't know if you've... Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> he, he has a podcast and he's really... He speaks to like him and a few other people. He has like a panel and they, they just discuss like current events and they have a really refresh, refreshing Christian view of like what's going on currently. And one of the things they criticized was a lot of uh, cons- uh, Republicans or like... There's this like that a lot of people, there's this phrase of taking back America, you know. And make America great again. Make America great again. And specifically the phrase of, of, and I've heard it, like I know that this is the mindset of some people, like they're saying, let's take back America. And like they made, this podcast made the point of like, who you're taking America back from other Americans? Like. Or what does that mean? Like what does that even mean? Like, like they may believe differently, but we're still supposed to be unified in the fact that we're Americans and in the, in the history and historically we've had, you know, like, you know, we've had other people, I guess, try to take America and we've been unified in that, but now we're tr- trying to take it from ourselves. And, and that, that doesn't make sense to me, but I think that's built. I think that mindset, I don't, I don't think that's unique to Christians or Republicans or we have this mindset um, today that, that we just were against each other. Um, and that's a mindset that I don't want present in really anything I do. Um, and especially my business, like I'm not against anyone and I, I just, I want to be for everyone and they don't have to believe the same way. Like I would love for people to experience the same relationship that I do with Jesus, but the, you know, Jesus, even Jesus let people walk away. And that's, you know, that was, um, but he was still consistent in their lives and loving and gracious. And that's what I want to, that's the, that's the part that I want to emulate, you know, the, and I don't want to justify any bad behavior that I have, um, by anything Jesus did. Like, you know, if you look into, you know, Jesus flipping tables, it was, if you really look into the context of that passage, it, it, um, it doesn't justify people getting angry or being violent, you know, it's, um, there's, there's more to it than that. So I always try to, I, I'm getting kind of soapboxy, but, no, that's but, fun. Uh, but you know, I, I always just try to, you know, I've been changed by Jesus and, um, I have a relationship with him and I walk with him and I want, I want people to experience that from me. You're passionate but about it. I'm passionate about it, but it's okay if you don't you believe the same way I do. Um, but, you know, the, um, I think people will probably want me to be a little more stern and a little more forceful with it. Forceful with in it. In a weird way. But that's, that's just not who I am. Um, that's a good thing. I mean, I get fiery when I preach. I'm preaching this weekend and, I get I get passionate and I'll I will from I will preach what what God's telling me and and uh, what I'm learning from the Word and the Scripture and what I'm studying, um, but you know those people are there because they want to be, well most of them, 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, nobody's going to church because <laughs> yeah, they no hate church. Right, exactly. Well, so, unless you're so they, they've a come, child and you're yeah, forced to go there. They, you know, I'm assuming, hoping that they've come in the spirit, the spirit of unity and preaching to people who either want to learn more or, or do believe in, in, you know, some sort of, you know, they believe pretty similar to similarly to what i believe but you know i'm preaching to republicans and democrats and green party and everyone everyone but um but we're unified under we we believe in jesus um and i feel like christianity has been sorry to interrupt you there do you feel like christianity has been co-opted in a little bit of a sense where it's there's this extreme group kind of trying to make it something that you don't attribute it to like you hear christianity it's a lot of rap for the abortion right yeah. that's that's you think anti-abortion you think yeah. oh christians and more so just religious people because catholics fall into that realm too but it seems to kind of fall more on the christian faith like that's right. everybody's go-to this these christians that are you know yeah. trying to take away women's rights right is that exactly. hard for you to kind of balance out or do you have a pretty good separation of no that's not what i think the faith is that's kind of like you get the radical left right of these right. people trying to push it way farther and do these things and you have people in the movement that say no this isn't us this is a radical group co-opting whatever we want to be and making it this thing that's weighs heavily on me because i'm just you know i'm i'm just me you know and i can't change that i feel like there's just it's such a huge um it's such a huge pull and so many, um, so many people and, and churches have just adopted that um, that mindset that um, that you have to jump on these these hot buttons and these issues, and then if you're not conservative or um, you know if you don't say you're uh, pro life, then you know you're not a Christian or you hate babies or you 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 are supportive of murder um and you know that's you know the pushback is you know pro-life is should be both right (laughs) you should you should be passionate about both lives um and i mean you know then you get into like you can just get into just so many different details of that but um i i personally believe that it's an issue that doesn't really belong in politics. I think it's it's bigger than than um, than politics. I don't think it's going to be solved whether it's it's legal or not. Um, I think people should be, you know, in charge of of their bodies, and and women should have that right. Um, but you know, we should. Uh, right like it's just a general it just makes sense it it makes sense right so um and it's just weird to me that a group that that pushes for personal freedom um and a lot of other things like pretty much everything else um is really stickler about this one um and i think they i think they're like well we're fighting for the voiceless life so that 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 gives them a little more one more fire um, and the cause of morality, right? Right. You're fighting for this, this yeah. life that can't defend itself. Right. So it's really easy to get caught up in that, and it's really easy to forget that 
the human that's that's um that's that's carrying the the baby uh the human you know that's important to remember the human um and it's um it the oh man i had something pop in my mind but that was good but um yeah the 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 choice of what to do in that situation is just yeah it's it so should be up to the person i mean you don't know should. their circumstance you it don't should. know what yeah what is what is going on there and it's it's as easy like there are there are people who have gone to get abortions and have decided not to and have been very thankful that they didn't go through it through with it and i would i would like to be a person who um like you know if someone says they're pregnant and they're not sure if they should keep it i've you know i have been and i have been in that situation of like um not personally not like my baby but with other people saying like i don't know what um, to do i don't know what to do um and just being there for them not saying not having to go into like how dare you have this child or try to you know chastise them chastise them for whatever decision. it's already done they already yeah. did it and it's and um and i know it's it i know and it's a it's a process that really hurts like if i know people who have miscarriages and just been heartbroken over it and it, it really does affect you and making that decision does affect you um and whether they whatever choice they make i want to be there for them and not put up a wall and that's what I feel like that's what the church has done, um, is put up a wall. So why would if you choose to go through with it, or if you're even questioning to go through with it, why would you go to the church? Why why would you go to Christians? Um, and it's like you, going back to your question. That's what's hardest for me, is knowing that you ask, "Are you a Christian?" You know, and that's unfortunately that's what's been tied to it, and we've tied things to like. Christ's name is in Christian and we've tied things to his name that's that's not of him. And that really makes me upset. And that's really hard. Um that's why I live in a way that is reflective of Jesus, but I don't always have to wear it on my t shirt or goofy, you know, Christicola or you know, uh, you know, you've seen those parody t shirts that's yeah. just I don't you know, I go to a Giants game, I don't even wear giant stuff. Because I'm not there to be a fanboy. I'm not a I'm not a Christian to be a fanboy. I'm I'm a Christian because I've have been radically changed by Jesus. And I believe in it for other people. But you have to you have to be willing to receive it. And I'm not gonna force you to do that. That's not my job. You know. I believe that's God's job to do. Um and and your choice. So that's that's the that is you know, so back to the you know abortion or lgbtq like all that stuff like i believe you should be able to do like if you don't believe the same way that i do and your conviction is not my same conviction then you should you know on a standard like not on a spiritual standard but on a human moral level you should be able to do what you feel is right based on your moral code and if you break a governmental moral code, like murder, or you know the things that are illegal that are justice system, I believe you should be held accountable to those things. 
Um, but, um, like, but if you live according to a moral code that has been legalized by, you know, the government, then go for it. You know, like I, I'm, I, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to stand on my soapbox and tell you you're going to go to hell. Um, but you know, I've, I, um, I, of course I'm, I want people, I believe that, I do believe that, you know, my, um, I do have, you know, the, the answer to a, a freer life and a, a life without bondage or, um, addiction or like, like, I believe that my faith does have answers and that it does mean, um, people will experience an eternal life. I, I hold all the, the basic beliefs, but it's not tied to, and some people will be offended that, you know, well, you believe that I'm going to hell, like, okay, like, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to put that on you. Like, that's, but that is somewhat, you know, what I believe, you know, but that is, you know, I, I'm not going to live in a way that pushes that on you. If you believe in your being that that's not true, then okay. But I'm going to live in a way according to um, my beliefs. And I hope that the way that I treat you and, and interact with you and, and, um, and love you, you know, that's lost on a lot of Christians. Love is like number one. Like you can, yeah, it's touted can, a lot. It's yeah, just not it's, practiced. It's not, it's not practiced at all. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I know tons of loving Christians. But if we're talking about Republican or political Christianity, then I, I don't see it. Um, but, like, yeah, and I, yeah I, I mean, Christians should be involved with politics. Um, you know, politicians go to church and some politicians don't, you know. Like, but, um, yeah, I, I would say that, yeah, we, we just, I don't know if I'm rambling. No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> I, like, was, I was, yeah. just, I was following yeah. along your train there. Yeah. It's I just, it. it's an interesting thing. I think it's good for people to hear this perspective that you're giving because it's one that isn't isn't pushed out there as hard as the other one, right? No. That idea of why why would I care? Just live your life. If you right. want to go down this path, great. It's right. accepting. We're here for you. If you don't, great. Right. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. As long as someone's not being forceful with you, let people believe what that whatever they want to believe. Right. People believe in crazy shit. I've talked exactly. to people that believe in crazy shit. Right. We all have. It's as long as you're not hurting somebody and you're not being a, an asshole, I guess about it. Like, yeah. let, believe what you want to believe. Yeah. Don't you don't have to attribute it to these things and then make this what it is. Like, right. it's easy to take abortion and throw it in the Christian camp and right, exactly. Have that on, but honestly, I've met a lot of Christians that are are in the movement of it's not my choice. I right. personally wouldn't do it, but I don't think you shouldn't have access to it. I'm like, that's great. Right. That's yeah. that's how it should exactly. be because. If you think it's bad, don't do it. 
Right. And if exactly. you don't, if you were in the position and you want to have it done, great, do it. Like yeah. what? There's no, there doesn't <laughs> have to be a separation from that. Exactly. Just do what you, what, what you need to do and what right. you are comfortable doing. Right. And then that's all we can ask of anybody. Right. I think it gets, it's just easy to throw people into a box. Right. And if the narrower and tighter you can compact that box, perfect. We're just yeah. going to oh, throw sure. everyone in there and that's it. That's yeah. what Christians are. They're shitty people that hate <laughs> right. women. Yeah, like, what exactly. is that? I've met that's a, not true. The crazy yeah. thing is, and I don't know if this is good or bad. I think it's a little bit of both. I've met more people who are religious that are more accepting than people who are like far left or far right. Yeah. They're not. Right. It's like, okay, that's interesting because the stigma is that, oh, no, Christians and Catholics yeah. and these religious people are not accepting. Right. And that's it's not what just, I'm finding. No. I'm sure no. there are. I don't want to take right. away from that. There definitely are because I've talked oh, to those people. Sure. But I've spoken to a lot of people that don't fit into that box. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing to see. It, it, really, it really is. And I think the fear is um, if you don't, if you don't take a stance against something, are you enabling the behavior? And I think, I, I just don't think, I don't think that's true. I think you can um, disagree with something and not practice it yourself. And that's, that's enough of a testimony. Like, I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, um, I'm not dependent on, drugs or even coffee or stuff i'm dependent on my relationship with jesus and i hope that speaks to people um and if someone is addicted to drugs i will help them walk through it but they have to make the choice like we we helped uh, my wife and i help we helped someone get off of nicotine um we didn't really i mean there were times where i said hey this is like this is affecting your life like this is this is hindering you like they're they're t- because we had built relationship with them, we we're able to speak honestly with them. Um, but it wasn't until they made that decision, then we were able to be like, okay, we'll help. You we, can't help somebody and, that doesn't want to be helped. Yeah, that's and, the biggest right and biggest you, lesson to learn. If you do, you just push them away and, and make life miserable in the process. Yeah, it's never somebody doesn't want to be around you if you're constantly trying to say, hey, exactly. Maybe you I, shouldn't be doing this. I. Like I've been, you know, I've, I was raised, I was raised in the church. So I've experienced all sorts of different people that are in the church and, and like, there are some Christians I don't even want to be around because it's, because it's that bad. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about politics all the time. You know, I, I'll, you know, if, I mean, sometimes if, if we're on a, around a campfire, have a cigar and a, you know, there are settings that are, that are more enticing okay let's go into politics and kind of let's delve know, into that yeah, realm. that's a, that's learning you know i'm not going to read a political book but i'll have a you know like this you know a, a conversation where we can learn from each other when that's not imposing right exactly. we just stumbled on this naturally and started right. talking about it. it's not one of us sitting here trying to bash the other over the head with this idea of yeah. no you need to conform to this right we gotta chuck this box for you today yeah because who wants to have those conversations right the idea that you can beat an idea into somebody and make them believe what you believe is just, it's absurd. Right. It doesn't work. Yeah. Time, I mean, history has proven that. We've learned that time and time again. Exactly. Forcing yep. people to conform is not, it's never a good thing. Yeah. Never pans out. Yeah, exactly. And and if they, 
And if they do go along with it, if it appears to work for now, very commonly they'll look back in a few years and be like, oh, that was messed up. Like, <laughs> you know, so that's, I think, I think um, we have to be careful with immediate success <laughs> because like starting a business, like we can't, we cannot rely on immediate success right now. You can't rest we, on your laurels. You no, keep, we got to keep working. We got to keep going. And then, you know, we're, we're seeing business pick up, but we have to keep, that going and we have to be hungry for for more growth and stuff so like we you know we're we're still you know we're we're seven months into a five-year journey so we gotta we just gotta keep keep with it and that's that's what we have to remember um as people and in my in my christian faith and with with the church that i serve at like we gotta remember that this is a long-run thing and we just have to walk according to what we're called to. It's a marathon, not a race. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's that's that's the key. It's just endurance. I've talked. I've had a lot of people. I know a lot of people who, you know, we're we're seven years into into ministry, um, and I've, we've seen a lot of people quit. A lot of people walk away. A lot of people get burnt out, um, and that's what I, I have to. I try so hard to remind people, like, yeah, it's it's gonna be really, really tough sometimes. Even in the church, Christians are not nice to each other sometimes. If you're dealing with people, is that the biggest conflict? Is that internal one for Christians? Because oh, there's man. definitely a lot of external pressure, right? right? I think that's obvious to see. But is there? Yes, because I and I don't know. I don't really know exactly. Like it's not a it's not a quantity thing. It's, well, one it's, one bad apple can spoil yeah, a bunch. That's the saying, right? It's it's really a like if you're um, if someone's outside of your circle and they can, I really uh, at least for me they can say whatever they want. They don't really get it. You know they they don't under they don't quite understand. Um, you know, if, if we're talking about like at the coffee shop, we get a ton of you shoulds and you, you shoulds, you should, so oh. you should offer this. You should have more oh, flavors. People having, you, yeah, yeah ideas. you should, you should have this. And the, and I love, I love the ideas and some are actually really good, but if you're not, if you're not like working for me, if you're not close or if you have, if you don't, if you're not like in the world, I'm shutting that off. I'm, yeah, I'm not inclined to listen to it. You know, I'm, I'll listen to anyone, but I'm not inclined to put that into practice. But the people that are close, that are walking the journey with me, I'm going to listen to a little more. The people that are like, and be, and respect for like, I'm not, I'm making coffee a lot, but I'm not necessarily in the, in the back of house. I'm not brewing paninis all the time. I love doing it. Like, and sometimes we'll have someone calling sick. So, you know, it's up to the owner to hop in and, like, yeah, it's and my I'm, time to shine. I'm just like, man, it is fun. But that's not that's not where I'm supposed to be all the time, um, but it's fun to do. But they, if they tell me they need new knives, I don't have to grab the knife and be like, "Oh, it's fine." I can say, "Okay, I'll order you some new knives," um, because I trust them. And like, or you should, we should expand the menu, or and then we'll have a discussion about. Well, like, they're close to it, right? They're so, in it with you. Exactly. So, when people in your circle start criticizing you and hurling insults at you. And makes it because you're so used to listening to them, and you and you regard 
their influence as more, that's when it becomes really hurtful. So in Christianity, in the church, it it hurts more when it comes from internal. Because um, then you have to accept, okay, there might be something to look at here. There might be something to look at, or they're just so, like, why, like, there, there have been times lately, like, I, I really try to, I try to take everything and, and learn from it. But also there are times where I'm just like, they're, they're like way off. Like they, they, they heard a rumor or they heard something that happened and they, they didn't come. Like, I thought we had more trust. I thought they would have come to me and said like, and I have had people come and be like, Hey, like I heard this, like what's up with that? And I will say, Oh, this is actually like, this is, um, this is like really what happened. Um, and, um, and so like to have people that won't just go to you and, and just make sure, check the facts first and then, and then like either understand and let it go or, um, or just be okay with like, oh yeah, okay. Like that makes sense. People that like intentionally want to hurt you with, that are in your circle that you've built relationship can like hurts more than than people outside that just you know they don't quite get it they don't quite understand and 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 that's okay and i have much more grace for that than people that do get it and should be operating in a way that that jesus would like um and then they don't and so that's that gets really hurtful so but yeah, hard yeah, to balance that, right? Yeah, hard to balance. So that's that's probably the most difficult, and that's I really I encourage people in the church and especially in leadership. Like I mean, Christians are most critical of leadership, people in leadership. Like you really, when you step into Christian leadership, that you're putting a target on your back. So that's why so, that explains your big connection to leadership, then, right? Is because yeah. you're trying to hone in on okay, trying how do to, I prevent that from happening to it, me? Let's exactly let's pull off the target. Let's just try to do a good <laughs> right. job, right? And that's you know, and it's hard because I'm 27. I've been doing it for seven years, and there are there are you've been a preacher from 20 from 20 years old. Yep, started at 19. That's crazy. Yeah. You knew you knew at 19 that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, I, right at the high like senior year of high school. I pretty much gave up everything else and was like, this is like what I'm supposed to do. So I, I you just felt called right to do into, it. Yep. Right into Bible college. And, uh, and then, and I think my sophomore year of college, I got a, a job at a church that was right across the street in Reading. Um, and then, yeah, we went from there. Were you planning that before 19? Was that on your radar of, oh, this might be something I'd, I'd be interested in? Yeah, like some sort of, yeah, some sort of ministry, like. Um, you were kind of leaning that way. I was leaning that way. I didn't know what it would look like. I definitely didn't think it would look like this. Um, but that was that was where I was leaning. Um, and tons of different opportunities in the church and outside of the church have been thrown my way. And, and that's, you know, I've had to sift through that and, and work through all that. And, yeah, I'm really, really glad that I am where I am. Um, but at 27, I have seven years um, and been married for seven years. So I guess I'm maybe going on eight years of ministry and then seven years of marriage. So, uh, yeah, like that's – I've got – and I've got a lot of schooling. Like we've had to grow up a lot faster than most people our age. So 
a 27 year old that's not me is in a totally different place but a lot of times people just see age and they don't see the blood sweat and tears and what we've had to go through do people not and, take you seriously when they see you for the first time on stage like if somebody oh, yeah. comes into the church or they're like who what? Why is this kid up on the stage? What is he going to do? Yeah, and and that is funny because the Bible says that. Like in First in Timothy, um, the author of, of the book, he's, you know, Paul is writing to Timothy, who is a young preacher. And he tells Timothy, don't let anyone despise you because of your youth. And it's just... Re- is that your opening line? And hey, is, guys. Yeah, exactly. And that is, that is like, it can be overused. Like I can say, people can come to me and be like, hey, like... You made a mistake and all that. I can be like, oh, it's just because I'm young or, you know, it can become a defense mechanism. But it's it's really it's been a helpful verse for me. Um, And again, I don't force people to respect me because the Bible says to respect me because I'm young. You know, I I, I, when I feel like I'm limited um, based on my age, I just it's a verse that's written to someone to in endure when it happens it's it's not it's not like timothy you need to stop it from happening it's it's going to happen endure it keep through it don't don't quit because people despise you because you're young so that's that's you know that's how i live like it's really fun like i've found that the bible really does speak to me today from a book that's been written you know thousands of years ago it's still is very very true to me today and so when that kind of stuff happens i I know that i can um withstand that but i've always thought it would come from older people but i'm realizing it also comes comes from younger people because they're envious of my position oh that makes sense because i am i've i have you know been um you know when you when you have experienced things and, and you carry yourself, like I used to have a bigger beard. People thought I was older. That really helped. But I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I got tired of parents asking me where the youth pastor was. So I grew a beard and then they were like, oh, okay, there is an adult here. <laughs> uh, but um, that was, um, yeah, that was, you know, the having people, you know, younger have kind of, that envy for my position when, when I'm just I'm just being trusted, um, I, I'm just being trusted because I've been doing it. I've been very very faithful. The Bible also says if you're faithful with a little, God will entrust you with much. So, like I have been faithful in the little times, and God has given me a lot more, um, just things to to do. Trust from other leaders like. Like, um, and people may see it as privilege or, or favoritism or whatever, but it really is just because we've been faithful through everything. And we're trying to steward that favor that we receive from people, uh, well, and, but sometimes, sometimes people can't see like, oh, he's 27, I'm 27. Why is he getting these opportunities? And I'm not, you know, and it's very you can't tell someone hey i've been working my yeah, ass off for yeah, the past hey, eight years you know, yeah I, I earned this man. who's 19 doing this come yeah, on yeah yeah they don't it, want to it, see that just, uh, no it's, and it's it is what it is uh and so sarah and i just have chosen and this is like 
you know, I hope no one's being like, oh, there's face center drama or anything. Like, like it's just we've received this. We've worked at a lot of different churches and interacted with a lot of different churches and a lot of different people. So this is, uh, I speak very generally because it's beyond face center. It's really like a Christian culture. Well, it's not even you know? a Christian culture. It's a life thing. If you were right. young and in a position of power with anything, people will instantly want to dismiss what you're doing. Right. Just oh, because. Yeah. Because yeah. they're envious because they don't think that they could do that or maybe they want to do that and right. they're not. So then they're just going to write it off. Everybody does that. We we literally, if we could, we would leave our business. We have two or th- we have like actually like four or five people under the age of 21. And if we didn't serve wine, Sarah and I wouldn't have to be there at all. Like we just, because you have to have t- people over 21 with wine and stuff. So like we... They, you know, we really believe in younger people and their ability to lead. Um, we just ask them not to arrive, you know. You've, you've not arrived. You still have a lot to learn. You've still not have, to arrive. Like, hey, I've made it. Oh, you know, try to I've, jump the gun. I've learned everything yeah, that I need to. I'm done. Yeah, I they, got it all figured they, out. They, they want you to validate where, you, where they are now and that they're good enough now. And they don't always want you to say, well, you're going to be a good barista. You're going to be a good cook. You're going to be a good pastor. Like they, they want to know, like they are doing I'm enough here, now. There. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm there now. There. I made it. There's, there's, there, it's like, I like, yeah, I, I will say like, you are good now. But you but, could be a little bit better down the road. Yes. Just and we all can. I'm, I'm 27 and I've seen a lot, but I have not arrived and I won't, I probably won't. <laughs> You know, and I I have that mindset, and I wish I had it younger. You know? But I think that's where the fun comes in, right? I think if you actually hit that final destination, where do you go? Part right. of the fun is continually, continually trying to get better. And whatever your craft right. is, whatever you're passionate about, the joy is taking those progressive steps. Yeah. Being a little bit better tomorrow. Yeah. A little bit better the next day. Yeah. I don't it, think it would be as as satisfying if you just hit that mark especially early on if you tried something like if you were an incredible pastor right at 19 yeah i mean like okay exactly there's no incentive to get better no because we're already right there oh yeah yeah so that is you know having to you know having to listen to my voice like i don't even know if i'm gonna listen to this like i don't believe you i would not listen to them if i didn't have to edit them i hate the sound of my voice i tell everybody that yeah but having to go in and be like okay like you know, this like sermons, like if, you know, I say, um, a lot, you're probably going to have to edit out, um, like a ton, like people have, gone... Oh no, it's all going to be in there. <laughs> oh, nice. oh, oh boy. Okay. Well, I'm sorry for ever. Well, if somebody tallies those up for both of us, yeah. I, I, that has been one of the biggest learning curves for me is, and I'm sure you can relate having to speak in front of people Yeah. is you are constantly analyzing your speech and trying to improve it. I mean, when I first started these, I would say, um, all the time and yeah. then you listen back and you just yeah you hate the sound of it yeah why can i not put a full sentence together without saying um right or i don't know or like yeah. like, like was a big one like i'm still one. working on like yeah every 30 like seconds lot, yeah you want to say like yeah oh you know it's well it's kind of like and it just yeah. it just keeps coming oh, these yeah. pa- weird patterns of speech that are acceptable for everyday life right but if you're listening to somebody for an extended period of time talk like that, like that, right, like it that, it gets yeah. so annoying. It really, yeah. Have you yeah. done that with 
hearing yourself speak in oh, front our, of people. I've and you just hate the way it sounds, and you have to start tweaking oh, yeah. that. I've the people that edit our, we because we live stream, and oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, people that edit my sermons will they'll pull. Uh, I only preach every once in a while, which I'm happy about. But um, the uh, they probably pull. I feel like they've told me like five minutes of just either dead space or um or uh like they've like edited like just so send you out. the clip of it yeah yeah and it's like i'm so sorry thanks guys yeah but it's you know it's, it's like but as my point with that was if you, sometimes you have to go in and deal with the discomfort of of hearing your own voice and hearing the ums and uhs and the likes and and that's how you get better. And that's it's hard to do and it's painful. Um, but it's how you get better. But I, I before I, we talked about this, I wasn't noticing when I said um, and now I do. I, and now then it's, it's really, at the front of your yeah, brain, and it almost kind of, of fucks you up when you realize it in the moment. Yeah. Because then each time you hear it, there's a you hear that trigger. Yeah. And it sets you back. Yeah. And I would say that I say it a lot less now. And it doesn't have to necessarily be at the forefront of my mind all the time, you know, as I've worked with it. And I'm, I've gotten really comf- comfortable with dead space. Like, you have to get comfortable with, um, if, I, if I lose my place in my sermon or I have, like, you know, with ADHD, my mind can just go and I have to get it back. Just not saying anything is okay. It's a little harder when people are listening, but in a live audience, they will forgive you. Like, just take, I drink a lot of water, and part of it is so that I can take that couple seconds to regroup and just find my place again and then go. And actually, silence can be used to contemplate. So if you're making a point and you you say, you know, da-da-da, if you move on too quickly, they don't really get that much time to really process it and think about it. And, but if you say something and you give them a little bit of time, uh, if you really believe what you said is important, you give them a little time to process it, and then you move on, I think it actually helps. Like in group, you know, in youth group, we'll have group discussions, and I'll ask a question, and I'll stay silent. And some of our other students or leaders will get a little uncomfortable, but what silence will do is it'll either it'll cause someone to say something or the or they're just thinking about your question and if no one answers your question at least they've thought about it but if you move on too quickly and you don't let them think about it then it's gone it's gone so like it's okay like awkwardness it's okay to be awkward sometimes and just let people think and let a moment hang. That thinking thing is a huge aspect. That's another issue I've had to deal with in this. Because you hear that dead space and you instantly want to cover it up. There can't right. be any dead air. Oh, but yeah. sometimes a guest will say something and it it requires a moment to consider what they've just said. Right. Sometimes I'll say something and then think to myself, that didn't sound right. And I'll have to take a beat to think about it. Because yeah. you're talking about things and some things you haven't contemplated before. Right. Some things just require a little more air to breathe. Yeah. And it's okay to take that, to have 10 seconds of silence. It's not going to be the end of the world. 
that's yeah. a big learning lesson. Yeah. And for sure, like you said things that I've never thought about and I've said things that I've never thought about. Like that's all part of know, the fun. Yeah. It but is. you have to take, if you don't take the necessary time to actually think about what was just said, right? that moment's gone. Exactly. And you miss out on that. Yeah. Maybe it changes you to, th- maybe it changes a perspective or maybe you have to rethink an idea that you held or maybe right. something they said resonated and now it's going to spark this other tangent that you would have never gone on but right. you had to take a beat to get there exactly exactly yeah you can ruin it could have been the thing that unlocks the the you know could have saved the, the world keys. with that yeah, idea save the world yeah uh but we missed it messed it up well lucky for us i don't think we did that we can no we can wrap it up. It's five o'clock. I'm Holy sure you've got crap. places yeah. to be. Yeah. Um. This was awesome, man. Yeah. I had a great time, really. Uh, me too. Do you want to plug Harbor where people can find you, where they can find the church? Yeah. Do you want to plug all your stuff? For for sure. Um, we've you know Harbor Coffee and Wine. We're uh, on Instagram and Facebook under Harbor Coffee and Wine. Um, we do regular, uh, we do regular events. Regular. Um, we're more than just a place to find the best coffee and the best wine uh, and the best food. Uh, we are a place that really believes in community. Come hang out with us. Come spend some time um, or swing in and, and grab a cup and leave. Like whatever whatever your day throws at you, we're here for you. And yeah, um, yeah. so we have, um, you know, we're open. 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday, Tuesday, Friday and Saturday, and then Wednesday and Thursday we're open 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. Okay. Um, and our our hours are on online. I think the the Google hours are up to date. So you have to like request for A hours change. to be changed, and sometimes it just you have to do it three or four times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're our our hours are current, and um, yeah, come try our stuff. Uh, we've got mimosa Mondays, three dollar mimosas, uh, cinnamon roll Saturdays, um, because Bailey just loves bacon stuff. We've we've at least said, can you at least always make cinnamon rolls on Saturday? Turn and it she, into a day. She graciously agreed. Oh, that's awesome! So so I've turned it into a day, um, and that we, if you want to have a reception, we've we've done a memorial at our at our place. Um, yeah, we've done a lot of a lot you guys of are up things. for whatever. We're really up for whatever, and you're helping us figure things out too. Awesome. You know, we're really open. Um, yeah, we've got three services at Face Center: Saturday night at six, and Sunday at nine thirty and eleven o'clock. And yeah, we're if you're if you want to learn more and know more about Jesus, we're here for you. And I do youth group Tuesdays and Thursday nights. Um, and we've got a killer. Uh, we call it 707. It's um, every Saturday night at 707. That's our young adults group. At the and, bar? Uh, no. Okay. No, I was going to say, be, well, that's, that, that's, that is be, progressive. Okay. That's an idea right there. Yeah. No, no. I, know. I heard 707 and I instantly yeah. went to the bar. I know Humboldt's, the whole 707 thing's been kind of played around with, with yeah. a lot of different things. But yeah, we we stole it for the church, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but, nice. Yeah. It's uh, something that I thought was cool. And we started at 7. Oh seven. We really start at like seven thirty, but we try to aim for seven oh seven. But awesome. Uh, yeah. 
Well, cool. Well, thanks, man. On. This was this was yeah. awesome. I had a great time. I had a great time too. It Sweet. Was nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. We'll definitely yeah, have to get you back me. on. We'll have to have you and your wife back on next time. Oh, dude. She, have a little round table. Yeah, she would. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. When she talks, you actually want to listen. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. well, she's not gonna want to listen to either of us then, because oh, I'm not that way. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. That was awesome. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Really. Thank you.